here today not just to talk about the future of this company. We're here to talk about its destiny. We're here to talk about the end of the world. We stand on the brink of Armageddon, diseases for which we have no cure. Fundamentalist states who call for our destruction, nuclear powers over which we have no control. And even if we navigate these dangerous waters, we face other, even more inevitable threats. Global warming will melt the polarized gaps within 80 years, flooding 90% of all habitable areas on Earth. Unchecked population growth will overtake food production in less than 50 years, leading to famine and war. This is not conjecture. This is fact. One way or another, our world is coming to an end. Now the question is, will we end with it? What do you propose? I propose that we end the world, but on our terms. I knew your sister. She was a homicidal bitch, buds. If I'd have known that we were going to be doing a quote from the movie, I'd have paid better attention, bud. You dropped my baby, bitch. Yeah, bud. Credits rolled and I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> bud. <laughs> That's part about the movie, bud.
Welcome back, friends, to the Joe Blow Horror Show. Welcome back to Summer Under the Umbrella, and welcome to our review of Resident Evil Extinction. We are coming into the halfway mark here of this franchise review. And as always, we have not one, but we have a couple special guests. But first, let me just let me just tell you a little something here about the man behind the scenes, the man that helps make this show work we have the swamp donkey himself everybody knows the square hammer but mm -hmm. what they don't know is that when travis isn't out building your guys' cell towers he's actually a a weekend wrestler and he goes by the knee tickler <laughs> so Nerbro, purple enchanter himself is here mr travis maxwell boone what's up buddy welcome back Are you yeah man talk about some more resident evil even if you're uh... not uh yeah yeah oh dude i can't wait i can't wait to talk about resident evil oh my lords um now we're gonna find out we're gonna find out what part three has in store because i believe on the last episode i was told um i'm either gonna love it or hate it so let's see if i don't pull a mitch hedberg and i'm like i thought it was okay <laughs> all right well first special guest we have is no stranger to the show multiple appearances he goes by the bread man there's only three people alive on this entire planet that know the exact recipe to Wonder Bread, and that is Mr. Rickles, Ricky Prejean. Welcome back to the Joe Blahor Show, bud. Ala Akbar, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> What's new with you, Rickles? Are you excited to talk about some Resident Evil? I know uh, on a previous episode, we did chat a little bit about it. Yeah, bud. Yeah, bud. Ready. Ready. Yeah, bud. And... Let's just say it's been far too long. It's been far too long for our next guest. Okay. He is a Jerry, but which Jerry? Well, I don't know. Actually, you do know because we had the other one on the previous episode. But our special guest is coming back to the Joe Blow Horror Show. He took a summer off, but when he heard the Joe Blow Horror Show was covering the second greatest zombie franchise, he was beating down my door. What a lot of people don't know, however, Mr. Jerry, is that you are quite a popular guy. He is known to have the softest hands in the seedy underworld of the black market artificial insemination. <laughs> Mr. Jerry Herring, welcome back to the Joe Blow Horror Show. Long overdue, bud. You started off with a lie and ended off with a truth, which is uh, <laughs> an interesting way to go about it. I am known as the best blowjob in the tri-state area. 32 cents a pop. Meet me behind a Kmart. If you do not know where Kmart is, you are out of luck. She's in this movie. She's only 16, too, so <laughs> you might be talking about present-day Kmart. <laughs> Blue Dude, light special. I, once it's the apocalypse, does age matter? <laughs> well, no tread water here. Tread water. I, I, here I said it for him. No, it don't. Nothing matters at that um, point. It's when it's Mad Max. It when it's Mad Max style, all everything's a go. Everything's a go. We we'll right. find out. We'll find out soon. No, in all in all uh, seriousness, welcome back, Jerry. It's been too long. We've been looking to get you back on the show, and um. I kind of know where we're going to go with this review of yours here, and, and I'm looking forward to having some fun with it. So everybody knows Jerry loves action, so it's, it might be his all-time favorite genre. I'm just kidding. But friends of the show will get that joke of the Cast show. But 
What brings us here today is a review of the third installment of the Resident Evil franchise. That is Resident Evil Extinction. So before we get into that, it's really hot. It was like 90 degrees today. So if I haven't craved a beer more than today, I don't know. But we are going to hop into the... What do we drive? Are, are we going to just hop on the uh, the quad the quad bike, set up a perimeter around um, around the Titty Twister or what? we got to get in our convoy, and we're not going to the Titty Twister, man. And we oh, fucking right. abandoned that place. High. Yeah. Yeah. We better yeah, get that. that we, shit. we better get that fucking perimeter set up, then. We'll be right back. One beer. Two beers. Three beers. A shot of whiskey. A margarita. And a bloody Mary. All right, we pulled into the hive. Perimeter is set up. Jerry Herring is ripping too many darts. He's not as fast as he used to, so it took him a little bit longer to get that um, to get that perimeter set up. But we're out in the middle of nowhere in the desert. I'm buying some beers. What are we all drinking? Tibu, why don't you go first there, pal? People are going to get mad at me, but I'm broke. Um, I, I kicked off this goddamn summer under the umbrella with some special things, but I have changed up my game. For the longest time, listeners know that I've been fucking devouring a Voodoo Ranger and all that shit. This is my new favorite boy. That Goose Island Tropical Bear Hug. Mm. That, this thing is so fucking juicy, and it's strong. The force is strong with this one. So I'm, I'm just retreating back to this new favorite. All right. Well, speaking of bear hugs, Mr. Rickles, uh, are you are you joining us for a cocktail tonight? Oh, I got them natter days, boy. Fuck yeah, he does, Mr. Yeah, natter. I do. Yep. Speaking of the best blowjob in the tri-state area, which I can attest to, thank you very much, Mr. Jerry Herring. <laughs> what I can also attest to is that you are the best sober cab there is. So, driving the convoy in vehicle number one is Mr. Jerry Herring. But he is, is that three episodes in a row that we've had a designated driver. Uh, it oh, is raining it, on us. Jay doesn't drink. Uh, Jerry, Mr. Venom, was sick, and we have, but he's he's popping some rain. So I'll tell you what. Yeah. I'm, even though uh, cold looks like a uh, Christian gym teacher, <laughs> I'm the DD, <laughs> and I'm drinking rain uh, orange dreamsicle energy drinks, no sugar, because I'm diabetic. Nice. Dude, isn't doesn't rain have just like an insane amount of caffeine like 240 milligrams or something oh yeah i'm gonna drink it and then as soon as this is done i'm gonna go to sleep for sure <laughs> for sure rickles the last the last time he was on here this is what he did he just roasted us the, the whole time <laughs> that's good <laughs> yeah that's good. it's amazing it's like Haley joel osmond i remember oh, that i remember yes. that oh <laughs> yes it is, it is legend around these parts <laughs> it is well I, 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 I kind of knew what the fuck is in my mouth. Actually, <laughs> Sorry about that. Don't answer that. Sorry, <laughs> No, I kind of knew where Mr. Jerry was going to come in, and I, I <laughs> might have gotten a couple messages to clue me in. So rather than a beer, I just figured, you know what, just like college time, we're, we're, we're going to cut right to the chase. So what I have is I made this a big old fat old fashioned. So it's already about half gone, but I'm, I'm going to need some liquid courage tonight. Cause I'm going to be just back in the corner, just taking punches the whole time. So got myself a big old, old fashioned with some bullet bourbon, but I do have a beer. I'm going to chase it down with a no coast peanut butter, chocolate milk stout. So damn, 
that'll go swimmingly. So, bro. But all right, I said Christian, but now I'm thinking Catholic. Do you give that to the fucking six year olds? I, <laughs> I, I was raised Catholic. So, oh, so you're just doing what your father did but to you. You notice it's a short fat <laughs> bottle, it's harder to get your lips around it. So, <laughs> I don't think any kid's going to have a problem getting their lips around you. <laughs> I, mean, I guess i guess mr the, the tri-state strangler would know wrangler wrangler the tri-state wrangler wiener wrangler. Oh, wrangler strangler either way i'm gonna banger i mean that's just what's happening <laughs> that dude's murdering he's mowing him down in the bed and outside of it oh, holy shit who did All you right. invite over here again again with this guy Let's uh let's listen to the uh let's listen to the trailer real quick here. Get us in the mindset, get us in the mood, and we're gonna talk about what is Resident Evil Extinction. Take a sample of her blood, then get rid of that. These clones are not working. The original Alice is the key. Find her, and we can return to the surface. Sorry about this, Stevie. It really is the end of the world. What happened to it? Because you must have taken it back. We lost half of the convoy. Pretty soon there'll be more of us dead than alive. Okay, spread out. Look for anything of use. Gas, food, ammo. You know the drill. Feeding on infected flesh. My senses have detected Alice. Her powers appear to have grown at a geometric rate. I can have a strike team ready within the hour. Everyone is scared. Good thing we like a challenge. Make sure she's dead. I'm coming for you. Shut her down. We fought the infection. We survived the apocalypse. And now, we face extinction. Okay, so Resident Evil Extinction, extinction is the third in the <laughs> franchise. It is from 2007 rated R coming in at 94 minutes. We love to play this game. Mr. Jerry Herring, I'll let you go first. If you haven't already looked, what do you think this got for an IMDB user rating? Um, You know, I, I did look when I, after I watched it, cause I wanted to see what it's rating was versus like the other films in the franchise. Okay. Um, well, and well, uh, yes, it was something. Was don't, don't, don't spoil it. If you've already known. 
There's there's money. Vegas has odds on the Joe Blow Horror Show IMDb ratings. I do not remember like okay. the exact, but it was like I don't know. It was like five point six or something. Okay. Five, Which is got some really high for this movie. Yep. What about it, it uh, definitely higher than Travis on a weekend? No, impossible. Yeah, I was gonna say that's it's dude. It's fucking what is today Wednesday? It's it's not even as high as I am right now. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm so high. <laughs> I, uh, high above me. She's so lovely. lovely. It's definitely higher than Cole's last date. Yeah, yeah, that oh. was pretty low. He stood mm-hmm. me up. What can I say? But... How do you get stood up by a child? <laughs> this is happening. This is the narrative all night now. You did it with that damn Catholic thing. Catholic That's Haley Joel Osment oh, over there. Man. Red flagged. We're we're alerted. Rickles, what do you think this got on IMDb? I think it got a four. A four? Mr. Tibu. Well, since he saw it and he said it was around a 5.6, I'm going to do that Price is Right shit and say 5.7. For the third film in a row, you guys are severely undercutting the prowess of Paul W.S. Anderson, the greatest Anderson director, Resident Evil. This is a 6.2 on IMDb. Now we're going to flip the script, turn around, reverse it. And what do you think this got for a critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes? About three fifty. <laughs> so we're gonna say thirty-five percent from Rickles. No, three hundred fifty. One hundred fifty percent. It yeah. got all the percents, Lebowski. Mister, yeah. uh, Mister Jerry. Uh God, critics had to have destroyed this. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I'm gonna, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little bit higher. I'm gonna say forty-seven percent. He boop, dude. 20%. I don't know. So it's following suit with the rest of the films. It's in the 20s, 24%. So loved by the fans, hated by the critics, which I kind of love. Fuck the critics. They get all their shit wrong anyways. So you wouldn't fuck a <laughs> critic. They're way too old. They know how to write. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe it's, some of them use crayons. I'm going to go pop some popcorn and just sit back. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to just let this happen all night. Uh, Mr. Jerry Herring, was this a first time watch for you? Yes, I've only ever seen the first two movies in the franchise. Okay, well, give us uh, 30 seconds here. Your thoughts on the first movie. Uh, I thought the first movie was actually like a good, fun video game zombie movie. I enjoyed it. It's a fun romp. You know, I don't like... Mila Jovovich as an action star, but she was passable in the first movie. Okay. Uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse. What about that? Um, you know, way to really like just go. Hey, things happen in the video games, so we're gonna put that in the movie, but it's not really going to be anything like the video games. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Rickles. Tell me about the first time you watched Resident Evil Extinction. Oh, it was years ago, and I uh, <clears throat> remember not liking it. So there's okay. that. <laughs> you remember it correctly. <laughs> I like... liked it. I liked it more on this watch. Uh, it's the movie's dumb as fuck, but it, in a fun apparently, way. Apparently, you've gotten dumber since watching it the first time. Well, you know, <laughs> if you're gonna be dumb, you better have fun. 
<laughs> so you disagree there. <laughs> yeah. You watched it once when it first came out, and this was your first time revisiting it in many years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Tibu, you this is the first time watch for you as well, too, right? Yep, today. Okay. Okay. We'll get to we'll get to your thoughts and ratings. I saw this with all of them in the theater when it came out, 2007, first guy in line. Again, got a soft spot in my heart for this franchise. There's a reason I picked it. The one thing I will say is that when it comes to reviewing a franchise like this, I am breaking the golden rule when it comes to, you know, looking at a movie or a film with an objective view. And I am taking certain considerations in. I'm looking at this through a different lens. I'm not going to rate this on the X's and O's of the movie and the cast and the script and whatnot, because this is just a really fun film. But the biggest thing I think that influences people with movies and, and how they review it is nostalgia. And for me, I've got a lot tied into not only this one, but the franchise in general. Um, but this one does carry on the story of the first one uh, as well. It picks up, you know, like they all do following a direct, you know, what happens after the first one, we get a little, well, anyways, we'll get to that point here, but this is directed by Russell Mulcahy. So a big difference in the direction of the film. So the last one, Resident Evil Apocalypse, totally was completely different from the first. It was a first time director who was basically a DP, um, you know, didn't have a lot of experience, you know, being the main guy behind the camera, helming it. Russell Mulcahy, however, is just a stud when it comes to a director. He he pretty much directed every single Duran Duran and Elton John music video there was. Oh, shit. And, yeah. And before he got into this film here, he, he directed Highlander, Highlander 2. Um, there was a handful of other, God, what else was it? Uh, Razorback. Uh, I mean, he's, he's Australian, so of course he's going to have a horror movie about a psychotic killer pig. But, um, so yeah, he, he's, he's got some chops behind them, some experience for sure, especially before he got into this. But, um, I mean, he, most recently he's old as fuck now, but, uh, you know, right in Jerry's wheelhouse, but, uh, he's, he's you know, directed the new teen wolf movie. So, Hey, I got to come back with something. All right. I'm, 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 I'm searching here. I'm searching. If, if we uh, wanted to come back, we would wipe it off your face. <laughs> yeah. It's all crusted and dried up. This is so good. <laughs> but uh, no, he did direct the new Teen Wolf movie, but this was written by Paul W.S. Anderson. We've talked plenty about him. Milo Jovovich obviously reprises her role as Alice. Uh, Oded Fair reprises his role as Carlos, but this has a new character in it. Allie Larder is coming fresh off the heels of Final Destination 1, Final Destination 2, House on Haunted Hill, but she is playing Claire. Uh, she was in the Diabolical, which you might want to check that out too. And Ian Glenn, aka Jorah Mormont, is back as Doctor Isaac's brother. Shanty, what's up? I love that motherfucker, and I was waiting the whole movie for that dude to see, like through the satellites, he would see Alice talking to, to Homeboy or whatever, and just be like, Khaleesi. Like I was just <laughs> waiting for it the whole time. I wanted him yeah. to say it so bad. I think if he yeah. got her like in front of him, well. We see what happens later, but his normal self, he'd have been yeah. worshiping that girl. No, Ian Glenn is the actor. He is a stud. He's very talented. I love him. Very, very good. Uh, Ashanti 
or Shanti. Is it a Shanti? I'm not sure. That's it's a Shanti. A Shanti. A Shanti. You okay. Fucking Shanti. white person. I know, yeah, I know. She's a musical artist, and she probably has some shitty songs that. No, she's white, good. But okay. she's actually pretty good. Okay. I'll, uh, Cole, like we're literally two days past Juneteenth, and you're doing this, dude. I just learned what Juneteenth was this morning. Okay, <laughs> like I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it real because I'm based. I ain't woke. Fuck that. Louisiana is a different country for for all that we know. I don't know okay. shit about nothing. A woman I passed out at work uh, Monday night, which was Juneteenth. She <laughs> passed out at work and hurt her wrist on a machine. And I'm like, yo, people <laughs> passing out from the heat on Emancipation Day. That's that's just not a good look. <laughs> this is not a good look. Should all, it, you should be off on Juneteenth. Right. This no one not should a good have look. to do any labor. On Juneteenth, there is a lot of uh, businesses that were closed. Like I, I, I and she black. So if I was her, I'd be trying to get some money out of this ordeal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, forty acres and a mule for sure. It's <laughs> Juneteenth twenty four seven in this movie because ain't nobody working. The whole fucking town of Las Vegas done shut down in this bitch. I know the director's not working, the script writer's not working, none of the actors. Are working. <laughs> oh, <laughs> here we go. He's vicious. He's right, dude. Spencer he's coming Locke, out the gate, slobber knocker right Spencer now. Spencer Locke played Kmart, and it's funny because <laughs> she's like a Disney star, but yeah, she's 16. But apparently, that age age don't matter. Age don't matter in the apocalypse. We established it earlier. No, it don't matter. Uh, don't Jerry, matter have you ever seen Landmine Goes Click? No. Okay, I, I was gonna say. Um, I think. Um, uh, oh, who was it from Exploding Heads? Brandon. I think Brandon was. That was his number one that year. Or no? Yeah, yeah. I never saw it either. Thanks for asking. Okay. Well, I'm... I've seen. I've seen. Man, that's a fine dick. Does that count? <laughs> oh, one or two. I heard the sequel is really good. It's a big. I haven't seen the sequel yet. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll I'll save it for you. Yeah. And then Mike Apps is back for a little bit. We'll get to Mike Apps. Poor Mike he's, Apps. You selfish he's back. fuck. He's a selfish fuck, but he's back for a lot of it. I'd say. Yeah. He's in a good bit of it. So a little what bit of trivia on this one, Boss Tuna being your your resident uh, hockey fan. I watched the deleted scene. So the Bub Zombie, I call him Bub. I think his name was like Stevie or something. Or no, no, that was one that got killed. I don't know. He's Bub from Day of the Dead. There was a deleted scene that showed you showed how they got him, and they like were in a cherry picker, and uh, Jorah Mormont went and was like, "I want that one," and he. Picks him up and brings him in. He's wearing a big old Buffalo Sabres jersey. And I thought that was cool as fuck. And it's very relevant because this takes place in Las Vegas. Las Vegas just won the Stanley Cup a couple days ago. So, boom. The stars oh. have aligned. Yeah. Hey, hey Hockey yo. in the desert before there was hockey in the desert. Nice. They call that foreshadowing, buds. Maybe and not. Buffalo creates some of the greatest music to ever uh, exist. Enlighten us. As I Day Lying. No, every time I die, or that's what I meant. Every time I die, yeah, I knew it. I know that's your favorite. I also, every some time really, I die is dude. Some really, really good wrestlers come out of Buffalo. Buffalo, where New York? Yeah. Oh, okay, dope. No, Which Buffalo wrestlers came out of there? Uh, Daniel Garcia, uh, the Butcher and the Blade, the Bunny. Um, there's a fucking another one too. What's his name? They're all in AEW. There's like mm-hmm. a bunch of. Uh, I think Eddie Kingston's also from Buffalo. Bad Bunny. Mm-hmm. No, not bad bunny. The bunny. Oh, the bunny. He's a uh, she's a female. 
I'm behind on my AEW. I'm behind on a lot of wrestling right now. But I but gave I, up but, watching AEW live tonight to do this with all of you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Did you see Collision? Yeah. I heard it was dope. Eric Bischoff said it was dope, so I believe him. It was good. I really like Eric Bischoff said it was dope because he was watching it and it's all in, in WCW colors. So he was having flashbacks to cocaine and blowjobs every day in his life. Yeah, because real question sorry. have you had did he have the best blowjob in the tri oh. area? No, CM Punk did that. <laughs> okay, I didn't mean to derail. I just got I got excited. No, that's all good. Uh, last thing I have is actually I think Tebow, you might like this one because I know you're a big um, fan of. Um, oh goodness gracious! Great balls, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. But yeah. the production designer for this film won an Oscar when he did the um, Pan's Labyrinth. So nice. Uh, there you go. Man. You can't you can't completely dog on this film, Jerry, because there was actually some talent with it. Uh, and then lastly, Mila. I mean, she, she's kind of known for that, but she designed her own costume, which you know is pretty cool. She's got her own co- company or whatever for that. But... It's it's not about functionality. It's about badassery. And I'm gonna say right this... now because no, well, no. her costume her costume in part two didn't make any sense. Um, her costume in part one, I would say, like looks pretty dope with the red dress and the leather jacket. It's like sort of it could lend itself to being iconic. And I'm sure for some some groups that I don't travel in, but I'm sure it is in the Resident Evil crowd. And I would say her her costume in part three, again, looks badass. What sense sure. does it make? Doesn't matter because this movie don't have to make fucking sense, son. I was gonna say this movie doesn't out. this movie doesn't really try to make sense. And I'm all right with that. That's if that works for me. I'm that's my question Just for like you, her Rachel. legs. I'm part Just of like her background. legs. She's got nice looking legs. They work for me. <laughs> we had a really good conversation about her nipples last uh, last episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. that's neither well, here nor there. Just so you know, there was supposed to be more nudity in this movie, and she said no. Oh, what a bitch. Well, <laughs> she's, she's, this, this is Damn. when her and Paul W.S. Anderson are getting married, and, you know, she's probably trying to be a little bit more reserved for him, her future husband and whatnot. So but. she could do what she wants. But yeah, I, for I, sure. I, I for admit, sure. I, would, I would like some more, some more. I would like some more, please. For sure. Please? Oh, yeah. Does please count? She, she was please. nude in multiple movies after this movie. So like, I want her nude record. in this movie. I want her nude in Resident Evil in this franchise all the time. I want her costume. I want all of her costumes because there's apparently 500 of them to all be naked. Like they are in the bubble. Naked. That's even. what I want. Naked. I, I want the her next costume level. in this movie to just be the end credits. <laughs> I can't wait for you to to okay. All right. Do you have fun? Do you know what fun is? <laughs> Let's <Bro>. go. <laughs> One of my favorite movies of all time is Jaws of Revenge because of how fucking fun it is. Right. Yes, I have fun. Let's have this fun. This movie <laughs> is not is not f- fun. It's it's I- like we're going to reference as many good movies as we possibly can to remind you of the better time you could be spending in your day watching those movies. I like, hey, you could know. be watching Mad Max. Hey, you could be watching Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. The Birds. Hey, yeah. you could be fucking <laughs> yeah. watching uh, fucking Day of the day. day of the Dead. Like, we're just going to remind you. We do that, though. I saw that. Yeah, they a lot of movies reference other films. I saw all those references. I still had funs. Yeah. Well, you were probably high when you watched it, first of all. Yes, that's true. 
Okay. <laughs> you know, so that, my fac- of course my it's going to be a little gone. bit <laughs> fun. You've, you've had to use enhancing enhancement to make the movie better. I was, I was sober. I had to look at this thing and raw dog it and come out of it with my <laughs> dick burning like Usher. I had to go get fucking tested. <laughs> and for me, the fucking T virus was fucking testicular cancer. I'm the T virus cuz. And guess what? My enhancement was a six foot four fucking Sasquatch daddy from this, as Ricky put it, a dumb Iowegian. <laughs> Cole, you better go listen to our latest episode. <laughs> yeah, you really need to. You well, really need vampiric, to listen to the latest one. Vampiric something, Titanic vampiric. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Wait, go, go. are you saying you had sex with a Bigfoot? Yeah, bro. Yeah. Holy shit! So, are you are y'all making the geek too? No, we're making Night of the Demon too. No, there's already a Bigfoot porno from the seventies called The Geek. The oh, geek? I don't know. I've never heard of that. Yeah, there's I a mean, there's I... a The Geek is a porno from the nineteen seventies where like Bigfoot shows up and rapes these chicks <laughs> camping with their boyfriends. <laughs> And their boyfriends just sit there and get cucked as fucking Bigfoot's like, come do something while he's fucking, you know, doggy style. So does Every that single mean, one of our listeners are pausing this cucks? right now. And they're yes, yes I love it. They're sass cucks. Sass cuck. Yeah. <laughs> sass cuck. So what would he like? Oh, God. Anyways. <laughs> uh, and yes, you can get it on DVD. I think uh, was that Vinegar Syndrome put it out. No oh, way, Vinegar sense. Syndrome did? No shit. I think it was Vinegar Syndrome who put it out. The that's, gears in my mind it. started turning when you said Sass Cook, and I've got like, oh my god, the imagery is, is terrible. <laughs> What's that guy that writes all the fucking books that's like, uh, the toilet became sentient and butt-fucked me into existence? You know what I'm talking about? No, that sounds you, amazing. Uh, Yeah, he does all these like weird, crazy books, and especially like, it'll be like, um, a reptilian uh, had mouth sex with me while I was trying to do my taxes. <laughs> okay, like in the real books. They're real books. Yeah, he puts he puts them out. They're real books. Mm-hmm. These are self published on Amazon, I suppose. Probably he's made a good bit of uh, Chuck Tingle. I think is his name. Oh, Chuck I'm writing it down. Tingle. Writing that down. I yeah, look him up on Facebook. It's hilarious. That's I want to. I'm gonna f- try to get this guy on the goddamn show. <laughs> it's like hell gay, yeah. <laughs> uh, gay leprechauns made me bisexual at the '70s disco night when I was on cocaine. Hell these yeah. all these all sound like Panic at the Disco album titles, right? Uh, probably. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm in 2007 again. Oh lord. Back in Welcome. the gap. Considering my musical taste has never left that, yeah, that's probably true. All right, <laughs> so Resident Evil Extinction. <laughs> One of the things I love about this film is that it follows a fairly, I don't know if linear storyline is correct, but it kind of is because really you got the same handful of people behind it, most notably Mila jo- Jovovich and then her now husband, Paul W.S. Anderson. But we get an opening and I'm curious, so you, you first-time watchers, Jerry and and Tibu. You don't have to call us first-time watchers. You can just call us the coolest kids on the podcast. The coolest kids <laughs> on the podcast. I'll take that. 
All right, Jerry Herring, I want to know your thoughts on the introduction of this movie. So I'm not sure how familiar part one and part two are, but this picks up. I'm curious kind of where your brain was at when you were watching this. Uh, so we start off with uh, the uh, Evil Dead 2 remake of the first movie, oh. only to find out that they're uh, killing clones. Uh, I wish I was a clone so they would have killed me. And uh, the, the killing of clones was kind of fun. It was kind of fun watching her go through and, and do the traps and then get killed. That that was that was kind of dope. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. But then it's just like desert. And I'm like, oh, joy, Mad Max. Yeah. And, and, and they, they did say that they pulled from Mad Max for a lot of this movie. It was it was they they were very open um, about they they were very Quentin Tarantino about the their influences in this movie. Well, and the director being, you know, Australian makes makes a lot of sense. So that was a huge, you know, I mean, he, this might have been it might have been his. I'm speculating and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I didn't know that. Maybe this was his chance to get some of his influences in a film, especially like a big film, because I didn't know that all these movies were coming out in theaters every year. Like, I thought the movie was th that franchise was dead and done after the fucking first one. I thought it was straight to DVD trash after that. Oh, no. Um, and that reminds me, I'm going to ask you and Rickles here in a minute what you guys thought about the opening. But what do you guys, speaking of that, what do you guys think this got for the budget? If you didn't look, just throw some numbers and guess. Oh, well, Jesus. I was, last time I was lowballing. Well, I think I got close to the, how much it grossed. I think I was close to that, but. About I low -ball, Tree No. <laughs> I love you. um, Dude, for this movie. I think it was lower than the second film. And I don't remember what we said for the second film. So I'm going to just say second film was like 45 million, 35 million. I'm going to say 35 million budget grossing. It'll be less than the second one. I'm going to say a hundred million to a hundred. No, I'm going to say about 350, 350 million. Tree fitty, tree fitty. What about you, Mr. Jerry? Uh, I'm going to say, um, considering how gross. bad the CGI is, I'm gonna say 35 million. Okay, okay. What what do you think it grossed? Uh, I think it grossed me out. Mm -hmm. Okay, sounds <laughs> good. Uh, no, uh, I don't know. It probably did. God damn, boy, did. that was fast. I think it well grossed in, me out. <laughs> it probably did well in theaters. It probably did like. Wait, is this domestic or uh, international combined? Combined. Combined. Okay. Uh, it probably did like one twenty-five. Forty-five million dollar budget, hundred and forty-eight uh, million dollar box office worldwide. And I will say, you thought the CGI was bad. God bless it. You should have watched the second one. Maybe yeah. I'm coming in a little bit higher on this because we are doing this consecutively. We're going Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3. Like, man, I thought the CGI on this yeah. was fucking above the second one. I've got comments on on how this is playing out for me at the end of my my thing, if I can remember to, to make them. But uh, it involves that the consecutive watches canonically, episodically. I've, I, Ricky knows where I'm going with this, mm -hmm. but, but yeah. You're well, you cold. The thing is, is your mistakes, your mistakes don't reflect on me. Um, my snake will be wrapped. Wait, what? <laughs> look, look, he's gonna these, wrap his snake around your neck, bro. Look, <laughs> these arms are snakes, 
So unless you want both of these nuts, you need to calm down. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is I compare all CGI to Jurassic Park. That's unfair. Which one? That's unfair. The original Jurassic Park. But Steven Spielberg has all the children's blood in his mouth. He can do whatever he wants. Yes. He has all the magic. Epstein Island money right there. Okay. You know what? Here's the thing. Cole has children's blood in his mouth once a month when he can't find someone younger. So. My God. God um, damn. You were going through the ringer tonight. I have to defend my boy. He don't be touching kids. (laughs) I just got to say it because Jerry's just like torching him on it. What is he torching him? Watch. He likes to watch. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but no, like, <laughs> I, I I have to compare all CGI to Jurassic Park. If your CGI Unfair. is worse than Jurassic Park, then then I've Brother. got a problem with your fucking CGI. Jerry, I love you, and I love that you're here, and I hope you come back again. But I have to I have to disagree, sir, because I'm a big Je- Jurassic Park fan. Grew up, saw it in theaters as a kid. It blew my mind. I still think that that movie. It's one of those movies that it. The way he filmed it, the way it came out, that movie just stands the test of time. It's like it's above certain things that you just even today, some movies just don't look as good. It's like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Some movies just don't look as good, even though they filmed it way back then. So you could say Interstellar. If if you think Interstellar looks better than 2001 A Space Odyssey, I'd say you have a good argument. But honestly, it's like, eh. It's it's just aesthetics. It's styles at that point. Which masterpiece do you prefer? I'm not saying Extinction is a CGI masterpiece, but I'm saying Jurassic Park is a standard. That's a high standard to hold a lot of movies to. Y'all Especially realize within like it, five minutes, Stanley Cooper fans are going to like call in a SWAT team on Travis for what he just said? Mm-hmm. I am one of those fans. You're going to call it in on yourself? I fucking yeah. hate Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> Well, hey, hey, hate the play and not the game. Here's what I'll say is is, is the one thing the trend <laughs> with this this whole franchise, <laughs> the trend is going further from CGI to more practical from one, two, and three. There is a lot more practical in this one than the last two. There, there, I mean, the crow scene, obviously, you cannot do that without CGI, but if I mean, I'm looking at it with, you know, a glass half empty or I mean, glass half full rather than glass half empty in that they do put the effort in for the practical effects. You know, the dogs in this one look great. Really? It's just the tyrant that has the worst CGI. Did you know that a lot of the tyrant was also practical? It's just the tentacles. I've seen the tentacles tentacles, in hentai. Because his makeup, because his his makeup looks practical and it looks Dude, good. And, and the tentacles are actual real fucking tentacles. Like you can see them like fucking wobbling in in some of the films. But when he does the like shoot, yeah, that's right. Crazy. That was some trash. You know, but I mean, I mean you at know, least they put the effort in. Again, I mean, that dollars. just made me laugh. Next so. <laughs> time they want good looking tentacles, they should hire Bad Dragon to make them for them. Because <laughs> I've seen a lot of Bad Dragon tentacles. And they look really good going inside. People. I can show you a good looking tentacle, but I don't know. I wanted to ask Ricky, since since he hadn't watched it in so fucking long, what did you think of this opening scene with, with her waking up in the shower again? And all I want to know how much money and just whose idea at Umbrella Corp. I want to know who had the idea <laughs> to buy all the red dresses and black leather boots in the whole world <laughs> so that they could keep putting them on the clones just to throw them away. 
I, I want to know how much money. I want to know what their their clone clothes. <laughs> That's where all the is. budget went. That's where all the budget went for those fucking red dresses and hooker boots. This is a yeah. perfect example, though, of like if you try to pick a movie like this apart, turn after turn, you're gonna be able to do it. This is not the type of movie to do that with. But but I love what Ricky's saying. There was a there was one point coming up later. I gotta say it now because it's pertinent. Whenever whenever they go into that um that radio station and they find those fucking methed out biker people who just pretend to be someone to lure people there and jack yeah shit Susan and Boyle and family they're um they're, yeah. they've fallen on hard times brother how the fuck do they build this intricate in a radio station basement this intricate cage system with pulleys and you don't think about that you don't think about that because I sat and thought about it for a second I was like wait a minute. This is bull. Wait, this movie's bullshit. All right, I'm back in, and right. I just fucking let it happen. Like I just let. I'm it... thinking about this. Maybe I'm dumb. No, I, I thought about it too. I well, thought I about it too. Like, if you guys got honey dicked at all with the intro, because I mean, did you think okay. that it was her waking up in the man? No. Yeah, I, I did. I didn't. Yeah, I did 100. But I have to get uh, intellectual real quick. Okay. Rick brings up a very good point. And the movie right here is trying to show you that corporations that get this big in a capitalist system will waste as much money as they want on their frivolous things that matter to them while not actually putting money into safety precautions of their workers. This is actually the movie making a very valued point <laughs> towards mega corporations like Amazon and Walmart and how much money they will waste on their like pet projects while cutting as much as they can for OSHA violations on their workers. This movie what? is actually making a very good point here, but you know, critics don't want to talk about that. What'd right. you say about what'd you say about America? <laughs> America. What'd you say, what did no, you that's, say about that's America? A good point. Travis, I look more like America than you do, so you might want to calm down there. You're goddamn right, because we're a melting pot in this country. Yeah, well, that is a good point. Like melting pot right now. We uh, had a good uh, <laughs> conversation <laughs> about that in the first film, and how pertinent that was. Watching the first film in today's day and age, with all the COVID shit going on, and just I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool looking back and reflecting on all that, you know, from a movie that was 20 years old. But I, I thought that the the opening was was really good. I mean. Honey dick, hundred percent. It got Travis. I thought it was pretty cool, but well, when I was first watching it, like when she woke up and 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 going through the house, I'm like, okay, so the way Jerry mentioned, we're getting our Evil Dead flashback. We're gonna recap a little bit Friday the Thirteenth style, if you will, whatever. And I'm like, I'm cool with that. These movies were coming out a few years apart back then, so audiences probably got to keep up. Um, but then yeah, the movie swerved me, so it swerved my own thought process right at the right at the onset. And I was like, oh, shit, she snuck out of here. This room from part two is different now because of what happens. And she jumps up through the fucking um, the the air duct. Yeah, with the laser scene. Yeah, that, that scene's iconic from the first film. I thought that was from the second one. No, it's from the first film. First. Hey, watching them back to back. But you're right, because that's where it almost like, well, that's where her captain dies. The guy that has the best voice ever in yep. part one. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. Um. But so when she gets down in the hospital, I'm like, oh, fuck, what's happening right now? Because part two ended a whole different way. The movie is is doing something to me right now. I don't know what's it's happening. It's very clever. It's very clever. Also, she, great, great foreshadowing. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved that it had that cabin in the woods type feel. And again, you can you can claim how cheesy the computer graphics are, but when they do that like 3D rendering of <clears throat> the hive in the laboratory and you just see how massive it is. I well, mean, I like that. I like that you brought that up though, because since part one, when they did it in part one, I like that they kept it the same. Even like every time they show the computer graphics, there it's that yeah. same style. It's not like they've changed that style. And I gotta say, the cinema cinematography. Jerry mentioned them opening up on the desert. You see the zombies standing on the side of the road as the convoy goes by, and yeah. the landscape. That shit looks fucking dope. I was like, yeah, the the shit shot very well. I mean, yeah. this this is a popcorn movie. No, no if ands or buts. It's it, and, the, and uh, just how cr creepy it is when you realize that. Oh, okay, this is a clone, and she failed, and they just bring her out, dump her in the fucking ditch, and you find out that that was clone number eighty six, and there's fucking eighty five other Alice's with all this, you know, you know, I don't even know how many, all with the same boots all and with dresses the on. Yeah, yep, Rickles. <laughs> As as they've goes, been so. they've been all trying to escape the same trap in this in this system set up by this doctor. What's his name? Isaacs. Isaac. Doctor. Doctor Isaacs. Isaacs. Yeah. Jorah. <laughs> yeah. Jorah. And and dude, like this was a swerve. I didn't I didn't know what was going to happen here based on the way part two ended. Um. So I thought it was pretty cool. It, it, I, I want to say a juxtaposition. Nemesis was very like shot very like a lot in the dark for like the whole movie. And this movie is very bright, all bright sunlight, desert. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's a, it's very like a, like a whole tonal shift from from the second hundred percent, hundred percent. And and we get yeah, we we get when we meet Alice. So we get like this, you know, exposition dump as far as the this is what's happened. We don't know how much time has passed, but a lot of time has passed because we find out the the virus has spread. They bombed Raccoon City, and it spread to the rest of the world. Um they're in the desert now and Alice is like this nomad and she's on this fucking killer bike cruising around. We get that scene. Travis talked about earlier with the dogs. I do like how they carried that, that, uh, that bit from the first movie to the second movie to the third movie with the dogs, uh, Rickles. Do you remember the dogs in the first oh, yeah. movie or two? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was pretty cool. What'd you think about that scene, Jerry? Shout out to army of darkness. First of all, <laughs> I actually like that scene, uh, though it does not make sense how they have all this uh, fucking set up. But hey, the world's been destroyed for five years. I guess in five years you can do a lot of crazy shit, especially if they're rednecks. And they look redneck. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they do. <laughs> they probably had that shit fixed up with the last duct tape the world's ever seen. Oh, yeah, boy. Um, so I actually really liked it. I, I thought it was pretty fucking slapsticky and enjoyable. Um, just dumb kinda, action shit. Yeah, yeah. kind of like yeah. um, some shit you would see if in like a like wrong turn sequel or Hills Have Eyes sequel. Hundred <laughs> yeah, like percent, I agree. And I always like the zombie dogs, so that's cool. Um, I also wanted to bring up when y'all are talking about like the computer graphics because it's showing like going down like into the hive and stuff like that with that badass score. Yeah, I always yeah. like that because it reminds me of like uh, animated loading scenes for like PlayStation One and Two yeah, games for sure. Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah, yeah which dude. is a a great call to this being you know a video game movie, even though this is more Devil May Cry than Resident Evil. 
Which, sure. that's, a good, that's a good analogy. Yeah, it's it a is. good analogy because Devil May Cry was originally created to be a Resident Evil game. And when they oh. realized it was too action-y, it got moved into its own game. No shit. Didn't know Bam, that. Bam, interesting. I played all of them. I didn't I'm know sure that at all. Dude, and, um, and Jerry will love this because I'm watching all of these on my original DVDs I bought the day they were released. So my favorite part is when I pop these in, you get those fucking killer cinematic like like um what do you call them uh interactive screens you know where they have the stuff so it's it's pretty cool it 100 reminds me of what jerry just said as far as reminding you of the games and stuff and you got the cinematics you know screens to do the play all special features all that type of yeah stuff. it's pretty cool oh and all bullshit aside i i do have a a genuine complaint that y'all may agree with y'all may just let it go i wish they would have explained how the T virus affected the environment instead of just right. saying, Oh, it infected the environment. And then just went on. Everything dried up. Boom. That's <laughs> I, I, you're right. I thought about that too. I've got nothing to say other than they said that it wiped out the population and the world died. I don't know. Yeah. They I don't did, know like, how it dried up the fucking lakes and the oceans and shit. Yeah. I don't fucking know, but like, you're I right. That's like, a plot hole. Like During... Las Vegas is explained because they're like the, you know, humans weren't here to push back the sand. That makes sense. Yeah. But, why were the waters drying up? Why were plants dying? Why was it affecting all? Because most viruses, they they can't affect every single thing. No, you're right. That's just not how that works. So I'm just kind of like, I, because I, if yeah, that's this the is case, the T virus, bro. If, if, if that's <laughs> it's the, the T virus, then there is no place on Earth, whether it's Alaska or anywhere else. That is not affected by the T virus. There's just no possible way did, if it affects did, the environment, if it affects you, animals, and it affects humans, and it affects water. There's literally no right. place. It safe. literally affects the water. What the fuck? Yeah, no, but bro, you might as bro, well just bro. fucking shoot your brains out. <laughs> Hell bro, yeah! Didn't you see the Crayola drawings that said it's safe in Alaska? That's that's right. proof enough. That's proof enough. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so, that you think it too hard. You think it too hard, bro. Modern uh, uh, day Helen Keller said Alaska's a fucking fun place to go. Alaska's They're, safe. Alaska's safe. How they knew that in Nevada. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. See, that's my problem with this movie is like, there's parts of the story that it Hashtag. needs to explain and it does it. Yes, I can let slide a bunch of the, the, the stupid, you know, action bullshit slide. I can't let you slide on actual things that need to be explained. Yeah, you instead can. of just but going, do they need to be explained? <laughs> yeah, you can. Dude, I don't. I don't think. Tune so. in for the sequel. Tune in for the sequel <laughs> for some of that stuff because Ooh. they actually do. I know you haven't seen the sequel. I'm not going to spoil anything. Damn it! But... Am I going to have to watch this fucking? Thing? I was about to do an Alien franchise marathon, and well, now that's a good to... choice too. Though that's a good choice. Yeah, last year. Watch shitty Resident Evil movies for. Hey, no, if, if there's one thing I've been saying since before we even started recording, when I told uh, uh, Tibu about this, I said one of the things I find endearing about this franchise is how, again, it it kind of is a linear story in that they went in big dick swinging, knowing that we are going to have another film. So it tells a pretty. If you watch these one through six 
it does answer a lot of questions and it does have a story that builds off of it. So kind of like phantasm. I, I love that it's constantly expanding its lore. That's something I love in sequels. I want them to expand the lore. I want to know more. I want more secrets for revealed to me. And they did do that in this movie, but there's also just like core story things that they just go, you're We're not right. going to explain. Well, but before we us. get before we get too far into final thoughts on this, I want to comment on this scene about the convoy and all that. Um, that my favorite game in the post-apocalyptic world would be finding cigarettes because everyone's asking for fucking exactly. cigarettes. Oh and my I'm god, like, yes, dude, I would be dying for a smiggin at that point, and I'd be searching sure. everywhere for a smiggin. And also, these smart-ass rednecks, I'd be what? selling my body for cigarettes. <laughs> how much get all the cigarettes. how many cigarettes is a blowjob worth one bro in the apocalypse one. One? and it depends who's giving it mr tries yeah it Star. depends okay, who's Travis, giving Travis, <laughs> no i one. i have cigarettes one. the apocalypse i have cigarettes how many do i have to give you for a blowjob one pop none none i will i will beat your ass and take your cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Travis looks like he could beat my ass, so I guess I just got my ass beat. No, I probably no, gave no, him you, all my cigarettes. I probably had to blow him. You know what would actually happen? We would team up because you're funny as fuck, and I'm like, I like this guy. I'm going to blow him. He's going to blow me, and we're both going to smoke cigarettes when we're done. At yeah. the same no, time. At, at that point, yeah. we'll just jack each other off. Like We could probably do well enough just jacking each other yeah, off. Yeah, if you both use your left hand then on we each can, other, like, it's all good, cigarettes bro. While we're jacking each other off? All I right. said I'm going to blow you. Oh. <laughs> you better let him blow you, goddammit. Travis, how are you going to feel, though, when I blow you and you're like, man, my blowjob skills are not up to par? Oh, no, I'm, he's going to get jealous. I'm going to get mad. <laughs> He's going to be mad. <laughs> All right. Before we get too off rails, that is a good segue because we do meet the convoy and we finally meet Claire Redfield, who is a leader of the convoy. One of the things too, that's pretty cool is that I, I like how they didn't take an easy way out and they actually took the effort in having practical zombies and they made them to e evolve. I mean, we're looking at zombies that have been wasting away. We're looking at zombies that are, have been around for a while. So I thought that was pretty cool. I agree. Um, yeah. So we finally meet Matt Wesker as well, too. They're having like this, this little, I don't know, uh, like, like a, like a zoom call with, with um, yeah, all holographic people. I, I love it because it, it really exposes the grandeur of the movie and just the spread it and how big umbrella is because you've got all of these, Tokyo and London and Canada and the United States. And they're all checking in talking about their food supplies. We're down to 50%. And it just kind of in your head, it just, you know, it builds that, that world building grandeur of how, how, I mean, just umbrella is huge. I mean, we talked about this in the first episode, Jerry umbrella is kind of like, like the Johnson and Johnson or, 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 um, you know, five of we're finding out they're even bigger in this movie. In my opinion, my dude, like they're the only right. thing operating left in the sky They're They have the only satellites based on part two's ending. And we see a little bit later in this movie, not to jump ahead too much, but we see it at the end of part two. And I didn't know what this was until this film, the umbrella shit flashes in, in, um, Alice's eye. They've implanted her, the OG Alice. She's Project Alice. She's got a yeah. chip in her brain, yeah. 
these these motherfuckers have their underground shit and the patriarch is having meetings downstairs from all across the globe at the same time i'm like this is some deep government spy like not spy reptilian shit, but, shit well reptilian shit for sure but like 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 dude yeah a gnarly gnarly deep state shit that i'm like oh fuck and in bed it's like, also Jer- dumb as fuck but but it did <laughs> but it did make me laugh <laughs> but jerry made a good comparison when he said this is how corporations operate today who do you think's running the world i mean the politicians get paid by who it's these motherfuckers the motherfuckers with money bro yeah really if you think about it pharmaceutical industries are the number one i mean it's it's just look at covid i'm not putting the foil hat on i'm not saying anything about anything but you don't have to anymore it's all coming out you're right it is but how much money are these companies making off these i don't even have to use covid okay i can do this with diabetes there is a medicine medicine called ozempic Okay, my mom takes oh, it. Oh, 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 there We had a <laughs> shortage know. of Ozempic because rich people were using it to lose weight. So diabetics Whoa. couldn't even get it. Yeah. Wow. The, 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 the pharmacies were willing to sell it at higher prices to rich people so mm-hmm. they could fucking lose weight. Do you remember that asshole guy that, that had the, Martin the medicine? With the insulin guy? Uh no, you're th- Martin Martin Shirelli is a guy who took uh multiple. It wasn't just diabetes medicine. It was multiple different ones that uh, his hedge company bought the uh the uh fucking um patent patent for and jacked up the prices by like four hundred percent. Then he bought the one of one Wu Tang album, insulin. and then he went yeah. to jail. That's what I was gonna say. The insulin dude. Insulin is fucking ridiculous. Like, well, insulin's look- prices have dropped tremendously. Uh, After Lowell's that guy was passed. an asshole. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Walmart also got Walmart's getting in the pharmaceutical game. In case you didn't know, and uh, they are dropping prices. And insulin was one of the first ones they came in and dropped. No shit. Wait. Wow. So Walmart's doing a good thing. Uh, yes, uh- Walmart getting into pharmacy and getting into that kind of shit will actually drop prices. Because that's how Walmart keeps in control of everything. Right. That's how you maintain drop, a monopoly. They they drop yeah. prices and make a monopoly. Same thing with Amazon. It's good yeah. and bad. It's 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 ultimately bad, but it's good. It's, for now. it's smart business. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. I mean, that's yeah. how corporations work, whether it's it's you know, umbrella company hey. or going in to like Final Fantasy VII with Shinra oh, yeah. corporation. Like that that's how this is operating. And I love the the meeting they all had. I like shit like that. Uh, the Wesker actor uh, acted like dog shit. Jesus Christ, yeah. that was a terrible performance. Like, it reminded me of, like, that really cringe friend you have who's, like, trying to act like a badass but has no sunglasses whatsoever. Yeah. Like, dude, yeah. watch The Matrix one too many times. But I mean, that is pulling off <laughs> a video game, though. So. Adios, turd nuggets. <laughs> Hundred, that is who I'm fucking thinking of, Ray, from Grandma's <laughs> Boy. Him. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. But, like, the, like, I will also say the convoy is one of the things I really liked about this movie. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I, I, so I like the convoy. Yeah, yeah uh, about that convoy. How about that convoy? Um, I really like Ooh, the, realis- the, the realism hey, of the convoy. The convoy. 
like actually having to go get for grass, like Travis brought up with the cigarettes. Like, I like the realism to that, though. I will say the guy shaking the can and being like, it's pork and beans. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that, like, that was that was. Yeah, like, that's the, it's mean, not even a funny joke. It's I just, thought it was kind of cool because it like kind of just was like, hey, I've been doing this for fucking years. He's like, all right, you got dog food. Oh, just kidding. But no, th- this is food. where this is where we yeah, Cole. It was cat food. Pay attention to the movie that you're trying to review. You have me come on here, <laughs> and then you show up in this. You're the cat guy. I'll fucking, defer to you. I, I am the cat guy. I have a cat. I love my cat. My cat's cooler than you. My cat will beat your ass. <laughs> I'll, I'll fight your cat with my cat. My cat will will beat your cat. My cat's (laughs) sitting right here, and she is the scariest person I know. And (laughs) she'll take all of y'all at the same time. Have you ever met Cole on a Sunday? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, shit, She's she's biting me right now. She's biting me right now. What? How old old is she? Uh, About two years. I bet Cole wish she was getting bit by a two-year-old. (laughs) <laughs> no matter what he said it would have worked no matter yeah, what was, oh, I, I love it i'll drink but, at 24 okay. seriously <laughs> hold on hold on we gotta move My through this movie 30 years bit. old bro. okay <laughs> i like the convoy that's what i was trying to say well oh how LJ, about the convoy the lj scene's the next one i want to ask you guys about lj because god bless it i love his character in the first uh the second one for that matter do you guys think that his character was very subdued in this one? Because that's the one, one of the main complaints I, well, not main, but I've got a handful of them, but I was, I thought the right, let me just say the writing on Resident Evil Apocalypse was pretty awful, but yeah. I thought that the one thing they did do good was LJ's character in this one. He's very subdued. He's not the same LJ. I mean, I I'm get to be honest. I thought almost everyone in the convoy was kind of boring. Besides, besides Mike Epps' character, almost okay. everyone is just kind of boring, and they're written very flat. And like whatever jokes they make, just kind of don't hit. And like I don't know, maybe you could say they're really worn out at this point in their life, you know, from doing this for five years and, and surviving. But like I don't know, after the cigarette thing, everything is just kind of a, a, a boring. And like he's supposed to be like this badass dude. And, like, he's just flat. I will agree with you, Jerry, up until, like, up until a little bit later when the movie starts focusing on a few certain key characters and and the sw- the scenes are just going between them. A lot of our convoy is a little bit flat, except for the characters that, that you know or remember from the previous films. LJ being one, and you're right, like, he's one of the most dynamic ones because he gets bitten and then he chooses to hide that. Yeah, um, I was so yeah. upset with that. Like he's the man. he's the only character that's not flatter than Mio Jolovich's chest. I listen, <laughs> that's she funny. Have erect nipples. We talked about this, but listen, I heard your slander earlier tonight, and I let it go, but I will not let it stand any longer. Mila oh. Jovovich is Bay, and she is Bay in this movie, and she is Bay in the previous movie and the movie before it, and I think she will continue to be Bay. Throughout this franchise, I hope to God she's overpowered as fuck. And we're going to get to that because I was waiting for her to meet her match. And holy shit, she did. 
So you I was probably I'm, like jack off to the underworld movies with Kate Beckinsale. You oh my basic god! Oh no, bro, no, Kate Beckinsale, babe. No, bro, bro. Let me say, I'm, I'm, let me okay. say, look, I'm a titties guy. You know, that's that's mm. who I am. My girlfriend's got big titties. I like big titties. You know, I jack off to Cat Dennings. Like that's just who I am as a person. Good. So Mia Jolovich doesn't really do anything for me because you know, that, but she's you fucking know, flatter you know, than Cole's sex life. But you know that woman would wreck <laughs> our world. No, she, would she wouldn't. She probably brother. she brother. she is literally a dead fuck. No, no. Friday. You don't have big titties over here. Over her in Crispin bed with, with John W S. I made Mortal Kombat. Anderson. Event Horizon. Is a dead fuck. I cannot believe this. What I'm hearing right now from from our <laughs> guest. I'm about to kick him off the show, Tuna. I'm really to trying happen. to like have to like I'm so upset I had to watch this movie that I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just gonna come on here and do whatever I can to never like to get kicked off the show and never have to come back and Cole can't blame me because I'm like oh you liked it last time when I made fun of everything so I thought calling you a child molester was the fun thing to do <laughs> <laughs> oh this is getting so meta I love it Oh, oh fuck! So let's go to Alaska, right? Let's, yeah, they Before find the do, book. They, they, yeah, we're gonna do the next episode live off of the uh, Exxon Valdez in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, that's dark, Cole. <laughs> that's dark, dude. That's too dark compared to what we've been talking about. Really, it's, it's yeah, it's too dark. It's, it's too dark. dark. <laughs> um, the one thing too that they talk about with the zombies is that they. I, I like that they kind of explain the zombies. You get like that Romero esque, like what are these? What are their intentions? Or their we find out that they don't need a feed and they can survive for decades. And you get these leathery ass fucking zombies. But you know, speaking of leather Cheerios, we're at this motel. You get that cool scene with um, you know LJ getting bit. And you can see there's like a little chemistry. I, I know you guys, I, I agree with what you guys are saying that the characters are flat, but they do a well enough job where you kind of like them. I mean, it's not like they've made you really, you know, they, they, they didn't really make you have real heart, you know, felt feelings to them. But, you know, the next scene when you lose a lot of them, you're like, oh, that kind of sucks. I wanted to see I, where I, that would have gone. I got concerned a little bit later in the film when people were getting fucking hitchcocked. I was like, dude, who the fuck is that? Who the fuck was that? Like, I had to, I had to pay attention, you know, a little bit. And I, I'm jumping ahead, dude, because I, I'm just trying to remember like the things that I, I liked and how it's relevant to characters. The crow scene was that well, not creepy as fuck? The crow scene was creepy, but I like the character parts where that little young dude. And I don't know his name. I just watched this movie for the first time today, but. The young guy that that's um helping out the convoy, he's the young blonde headed dude. Oh, he the wakes, techie guy. Yeah, he wakes up and hit his head and he yeah. falls down. And before the, the scene right before that, one of the characters did something a little stupid. And I was like, Man, they're all confused. They're all like bumbling and stumbling around. Like they don't know what they're halfway doing. Who would? We're we're five, maybe five years into this. Like, I'm just paraphrasing off you, Tuna. I don't know how far along this shit's going on. I know it's long enough that Alice got out of the fucking the hospital or wherever she was being held, and now they're making clones. 
I didn't find this out until later even. So I was still wondering throughout this. Well, I've and then never you, seen you, this you see Project Alice at this point. I, I do like how they've really expanded that because she's got this like telepathy. She's asleep. She can't. The reason yeah, she's got find, CGI powers. CGI powers. <laughs> she's got, she's she's got, got that fucking ESPN. Dragon Ball powers. She makes shit levitate. She's powering yeah. up while she's sleeping, bro. And her fucking motorcycle breaks while she's out in the desert vagabonding and she comes <laughs> she is she's trying to stay for, off the grid for a for good reason all the the kids out there that are cole's dating age uh stranger things 11 is basically alice i haven't seen any stranger things and it's on my list dude you need to you need to for real i know i know like it's amazing but I, I do like how that she's tied into the telepathy of all the clones and everything but yeah we you know, we talked about this. They find the book. They decide to go to Alaska. But you find out that in between the second and the beginning of this film, she breaks into Umbrella and she finds out the pattern of the satellite. So she's kind of a nomad, nomad to protect her her friends. And I love that they carried over that Carlos and Alice kind of relationship to this one. Yeah. And yeah, I mean it's 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 kind of like you know they like each other, they want to be with each other, but she's taking that selfless approach to I can't be with you because I don't want you to get caught. She gets caught by the satellite, and we get that killer scene where Isaac's is testing on Bub. You get those like super fucking zombies. That's the, the Day of the Dead scene right there. Yeah, fuck yeah, mm -hmm. it is hundred percent Day of the Dead. And then you get that cool fucking Vegas scene where you know. You get the super zombies and you get a couple cheesy shots. And hold on, hold on, hold on. We're, we're, hold on. Before we jump too far ahead, I got, I, I, I okay, I, I phew, because, okay, <laughs> there's some shit we, we, we jumped over that I was like, oh, fuck, I like this scene. I like this scene. And now I'm struggling. Oh, man, you went so fast. We're already in Las Vegas. Well, I mean, uh, you, get this, you get the scene with, with um, Carlos being bit and the selfless LJ. We talked about this a little bit. It, it sucks. I kind of wish that we had a little bit more LJ. I wanted to see a less subdued LJ because, I mean, dude, his comedic timing and his quotes and everything in the first or the I keep saying first the I, second film. Well, the second film, but that's when you start getting your characters built in. And, and now in this film, we're losing them in droves. It's it's the crow scene. Those crows show up, and that one crow, that little can falls down. That one crow's a little fucking. That's a. That's yep. a They've rat, been feeding bro. on infected flesh. That he's there are zombie crows, and that one crow is a snitch, and he's like ah there there, and all the crows are fucking coming in on him, and I'm like, this is where LJ's an asshole because he knows he's already oh. bit, and he's gonna let his love Betty sacrifice her, herself. But his fucking doomed ass, you're doomed. Mm -hmm. But bro, at this point, this convoy is just dwindling scene after yeah. scene. Betty. From, <laughs> from start to finish, this movie is carnage and people die. This whole movie is death Boring, on the road. Yeah. yeah, but it's okay because Jovovich is just going to use her CGI powers to burn all the crows. Dude, I love this when she showed up and she protected... Um, uh, it was Carlos, Carlos covering the little yeah. girl up? Yeah, that yes, yeah. And then she looks around and she's just like, and that crow ashes falling from the fucking sky killed me. I died. It's like week. it's like so cinematic. I I just want to know why the fuck she didn't do it to the homie at the end, but whatever. 
I don't think she had the same circumstances. Her powers seem a little bit at this point um, reserved to circumstantialism, if that's a word. Like the circumstances themselves right. seem to, to... And it drained her because after that she was out for like yeah. what, a day. Uh, something yeah she was yeah. she passed out yeah yeah and that happens a little bit later when it when she finally meets her match just to say while i'm thinking it she throws a psychic blast the wood splinters up all over the floor then homeboy goes through the wall comes back out and he fucking fires one back and i'm like oh oh he's way more powerful fuck yeah because i've been saying from part one and two alice is op as as AF, she OPAF, bro. OP, but not in this OP? movie. Overpowered. She's oh, overpowered. overpowered. Nothing yeah. is a challenge to her. Like even in, in in Apocalypse, Nemesis was not really a challenge. Go back and watch the fight scene. She really whipped his ass. He got a few hits in, but she beat his ass up. Yeah, in this but they kind of answered that though because they were you know friends and both of them had flashbacks and history with each other. Uh, no, I'm just saying as a I, no, I'm just saying visually as a viewer. Sure. It it was not dynamic enough for me to think it was an even fight. It was okay. not even close. She okay. she beat him to me, and I think in this movie I was happy to see a challenge met. Like so, Jerry, line. with with the scene here and all of the you know the characters that you briefly met, did you think that was kind of you know ham fisted as far as we're going to give you a quick little introduction and then we're going to kill them all off, or did you have any type of like oh I wish I would have seen you know. Uh, you know, you thought they were kind of flat and whatnot, but here's the thing. I like that, like, they introduced all these characters, showed the, how bad they're struggling and like how quickly they can all be fucking murdered. Cause that tells me, okay, there is real risk to these characters. That's like establishing, hey, the ones that are have le- that are left, like, they can die. Like you, you might like this funny dude, but he's dead. Like, and it I also was hoping shows, Mike Epps hey, was going to be there the whole time. I was hoping. Yeah. And then like you brought up, he doesn't sacrifice himself. So it shows you like, Hey, these aren't all like, like, like the good people. Like it brings in a real dynamic to all of that. Um, unfortunately they don't, they don't really do much with it. Um, but they set it up in, in the crow scene for that and then they just don't really do anything with it yeah um i agree with travis that that alice is just op and you really never have at any point do you ever feel like oh this could go bad for her like you're just like yeah she's gonna do whatever and win she's got some trick to pull out of her fucking back she's got plot armor she's got plot she's got plot she's got plot clones fucking goku and dragon ball z Exactly. Like, she's just going to bust out. She's going to go Ultra Instinct and fucking win. So it was nice that the other characters, like, yo, they may, they're going to fucking die around her. Like, so at least we get some, like, I will, resemblance of, of like... Of risk. Of, yes, you. of risk. I feel you. Ricky, what do you think about Alice at this point in the series? Like you watch one, two, three. Now you're at three and 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 her status here. Like just to get your thoughts in on, on her as a character. I think, and I think she's overpowered. And <laughs> I think she's really she's a, a really pretty lady. Yeah I, yeah, I think her nipples got bigger in this movie than in the last movie. I'm gonna disagree <laughs> with that. Wow. Well, at least we got, got bigger. See, we, we prove it then. Prove it. Show me in this movie. They showed him in the last one. They show them in this movie, but it's just really quick. I, I know I looked on to aznude.com. 
<laughs> I must say for me, like going through this, I knew that that Mila is going to be the main character throughout the whole series. So going in knowing that, and I can't avoid it. Cause but I, I think I just back in 2007, seen... you knew that too. I mean, I think right. at this no. point, you, no. you, you, you no, kind of realize that, especially towards the I end of the She's the main it. character and it's those kind of movies. Sure. Right. I was just saying like for me, like now that I know like that she is, I know she ain't going to die. But where the story's going, I never knew there were clones. Never, never knew. Yeah, this is well, this is like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. I do. I do like the juxtaposition between because essentially you're following two different stories. You're following Alice in the in the in the um, the the convoy, and then you got Doctor Isaacs with Umbrella. And I do like them back to back with each other because at this point you find out that over the last five years. Isaacs has been trying to track her and they can't figure out how, but they finally found her. They realize where she's going and we got the Vegas scene. Hold on, Travis, do you feel like, just real quick, do you feel like uh, when they introduce like new powers or introduce like the clones and stuff that like, there's no setup to it. It's just like, bam, out of nowhere. It happens. Um, because I know that Umbrella is like a like this seedy fucking corporation that's been doing all these experiments and shit. Whenever they introduce something, I can go along with it more easily. Um, and and I might have more to say about that later when I talk about how I'm watching these consecutively and how binge watching TV shows, binge watching horror franchises has kind of become a thing um over the last few years and how that might make something well you know more enjoyable i'll get to that later w- when i got my final thoughts but i feel like they set this... this up pretty well in the last two films though i didn't question it that's what i'll say i didn't question it i was just i was on board i was like yep they're making clones because they're a cd fucking corporation that's doing bio like bioengineering uh, fucking making shit that viruses and 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 uh splicing shit. Adrenochromes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they're doing everything wrongs. All right, they're they're raping the babies and they're drinking the blood. All right, they're doing it all wrong. A bunch of hot dogs. Read the Podesta emails. It wasn't a fucking conspiracy. <laughs> a bunch theory. of hot dogs. Pizzagate was real. Anyways. Yo, it's Bohemian Grove around here. <laughs> the, the, it's turning the friggin' frogs, Gary. <laughs> no, this, this is the, like Franklin cover-up shit. Yeah, please, audience, do not Google that. You will not have a good time. It's my dick is like Michael Myers. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> All right, so we get to Vegas. I love this scene. I've been chomping at the bit to talk about this. So mm-hmm. we get some pretty cool scenes in the lab with uh with with Isaac's and Bub training Bub, and you get that cool scene where you're like, oh my god, you've done it, you've domesticated them. I'm like. Really? You shoot one fucking vial of serum in them and you're like, okay, we're good to go. He's fine. He fucking just demolished. He's like, dude, that thing that we give our kids to put the circle in the circle, square in the square. He gets frustrated because that goddamn triangle is fucking up his world. He eats the two scientists and you get that killer scene of fucking Jorah Mormont standing outside like, sorry, you're on your own. My boy figured out a cell phone and a digital camera, but could not figure out that fucking toddler's toy. And I was <laughs> like, God that damn. That fucking triangle. That triangle did him in. But he's mm. like, all right, we've done it. 
and he has that cool he uses a voice mod so back in two we, we got to set ourselves back in 2007 because you're sitting in the theater and you're like that's fucking so cool so high tech everything is so awesome and he's using that voice modulator to replicate wesker's voice as far as we're gonna send a crew we're gonna send the fucking all the bub super zombies he, to he said he could do it in an hour's time mm-hmm. He yep, said sure. it, man. And they did that shit so fast. I, I was watching the movie and I'm like, wait, what? I'm what not impressed. Happened? They couldn't teach it. They couldn't teach a zombie about 90 degree angles. So did I'm Resident not impressed. Evil <laughs> predict the AI takeover we're currently in. 100 percent 45 degree angles in a in an equilateral triangle triangle there, Rickles. Oh, no, I actually well, I'm think, not a dumb um, math bitch. I think that yeah, scene Dumb bitch. of it if it if it's showing like it can remember how to use a cell phone, it can remember how to use a digital camera, and then just going to do the blocks is actually showing like the effects of the serum and like how it diminishes very, very quickly, which is why later Good on point. you see him shoot himself up with so much of it because he's like, Oh, well, you know, the effects bigger. But I think it's also showing us that not only have they not perfected the serum. But its effects are not long lasting. It's it's a very short term. Yeah. But the 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 anger side of it, the 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 superpower of that, the side effect of that is something he sees and goes, Oh, we can use this. When yeah. whenever the this movie has this running thing or this franchise has this running thing of the serum, and I question because I'm going through it episodically, right? Like I'm watching them at this point week by week, uh, really. And, and, and sometimes once or twice this movie only once, but the way this serum seems to work is based on the individual to a degree. You're right. Like, yeah. Didn't Carlos get the serum at the end of part two and it worked. Yeah. And he ain't taken it since. And then I'm like, Mike Epps got bit. So I was hoping the whole time Mike Epps was going to get the fucking serum. Cause I'm hoping we have a franchise character built in here. And I wanted to see more Mike Epps because I'm a two thousands person and I like Mike Epps. So I'm like, yeah, Mike Epps dope. It kind and of then- answers itself though, because you find out that the T virus mutates. So a lot of it has to do with the time from the bite to the infection to the serum. But for example, we find out with project Alice, I mean, that that's you, you do know that it is music. Yeah. Unique among users <laughs> because she has reacted differently to the, the T virus. So she doesn't need the serum or whatever. That's why they're like, they call her project Alice, but yeah, each person is going to react to it differently and they haven't perfected it because they're, cloning all of these we find out that there's been 86 clones before and they're trying to take blood samples of the clone and they're like who's you know with each clone they're making minor adjustments who's gonna get further in this little fucking trap game that they have and he says that he's like grab a sample of her blood and dispose of her kind of thing but yeah it would have been cool I, I never thought about that actually watching it you know this time here that you know are they gonna be able to save lj and, and- hey Throughout this movie, isn't there a battle of the clits? clits? Like in the, yeah, isn't there a battle between Claire and Alice of the clits? Like Claire had the big clit. She was the leader of the convoy. She put it together. Even Carlos was like, "Hey, this is her shit, bro. Not me. I'm just the. I'm just here." But 
And then Alice shows up and telekinesis firebombs a whole fucking sky full of crows into ash that we see rain down. And then she's like, smell my clit. Let's and talk about that, the dichotomy of that ever, scene, though. I don't ever feel like she's trying to challenge to take over the convoy or anything. No, Alice ain't. But I think I think Claire looks at her sometimes. I see the eyes. It's the eyes, dude. Sometimes she looks at her. She'll be agreeing with her because she's big clit on campus. But she's looking at her and she's like, I don't think so. Let's look at Alice's counterpart in the second film, which is going to be Sienna Guillory as far as uh, Jill Valentine. Very different. Tonally, we talked about this before, but how appreciative is Claire that Alice came and saved them? She's very appreciative. Alice coming in the first one, saving their ass, and she's like, who the fuck, Who are, are, fuck you? are you? You do yeah. what you yeah. have to. I'm staying here. <laughs> Claire, Claire does do that thing where she goes up to him. And she's like, hey, thanks for saving us. I've got important shit to do. And mm-hmm. like just walks away. Yeah. Yeah. So she still remains like she's firmly like I'm swollen. I'm in charge. And then Alice <laughs> is like, listen, I'm going to back off, man. I'm just going to go away because I've been off the grid all this time to lose the satellites, lose the trace. I know what's going on with them to a degree. She's trying to protect her friends because Carlos eventually confronts her about this. Like, where'd you go? What the fuck happened? And she tells him the movie fills in these gaps for me as a first time viewer of parts two and three at this point. Haven't seen four five and six yet coming up in the summer under the umbrella. But right now I'm enjoying how this is playing out episodically how this is taking characters from one story to another themes imagery everything it's following through and if they manage to do this up into part six i will be very impressed and i will have a whole new because i went into this with a bias man so i'm gonna shut up and save that for the for the end i'm sorry but i like how the red queen is the white queen in this movie right it's a whole different computer system you're right you're right. That's where that's where my little intro came from is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but I mean, if, if we want to talk about that for a second here, really, was the Red Queen a homicidal bitch or was she no. just trying to stop the spread of infection? Right. Yes. That's what I think. Yeah. I think yeah. I think 100 percent that based yeah. on what we saw and what happened. Yeah. And she characterized her sister computer in a really fucked up way. But who corrected her? Who was that right there? That was Alice, right? I think it was Alice, yeah. Or did the computer correct herself? She corrected Alice. I can't wait to see what they do with the White Queen going on in the future of these movies. I'll bet you can't. Your your alien franchise is going to have to go on hold. But as far as with the Vegas scene, we get some pretty cool imagery because we get, they show up and we get this, they're like, hey, there's gas here. The whole thing is, is they're trying to resupply to go to Alaska. And Essentially, they need gas, and there's this big cargo container there. This is where the super bubs come in. Claire's in charge, clearly. She tells... <laughs> oh, did you guys know that... Um, okay, first off, I'm going to do a quick callback here. If you guys haven't seen any of the uh, Fear the Walking Dead, yeah. uh, what's his name? Garrett Dillahunt's character in that. I forget what, the, what his name is. But anyways, that's who it reminded me of. But the guy that played um, the cowboy hat wearing whatever... He was he was Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat. Do you guys remember that? That clean cut fucking cowboy. The cowboy sniper. was Johnny Cage. What the yes. fuck, dude? Wow. That's the movie am- came out like dude. 10 years prior. 
his death, his death is the most brutal one brutal. for me in brutal. the film. Yeah, the, it was pretty it's, brutal. It, it, I was tense. I was fucked up when he fell and, and fucking collided <laughs> with that still. Oh. I was like, oh, right. my God. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, like, it like all, it, and at least with him, you got to grow with him a little bit more, and it just made it like, oh, I kind of like He that. had those he scenes had, with Mike Epps. Yeah, he was a good yeah. dude. He was a good dude. But the best part about this whole scene is that they're like, here we are. We're going to initiate prog or uh project alice and they try to do the whole like satellite in her brain chip fucking whatever she finds out exactly where they're at they're in the tent dude this was so fucking cool yeah he yeah, goes yeah. up there and jor mormont gets bit and he's like oh my khaleesi <laughs> and well she she dude hold on we glossed we glossed over it hardcore she scrambles the satellite interceptions into her brain burns a fucking computer chip up in the fucking where the nethers runs to where jormont and whatever the fuck we're saying that the bad people are and she fuck they come back online and she's running up to him and she's right in front of their fucking little hideout yeah she, i'm standing there like sitting there like uh watching it like what the fuck I, I was i was really impressed with like kind of the writing of of and and the way this movie went and how it like um how it like let the bad guy get away whatever it it just kept me on my on the edge like the edge of my seat and not in a way that like okay I can't predict or I've, I haven't seen this before sure but watching the movie and just like wondering where it's gonna go just being there for the ride I feel yeah you. it yeah. took me for a ride right here dude I was like oh fuck this is dope I agree this is probably the strongest point of part of the movie for me. Hey. And this is where I've been waiting to ask our special guest a question. Mr. Rickles, did you ever play any of the games growing up? Any of the I played part four. Uh, it's the only one that I beat. It's the only okay. one I played all the way through. Okay. What about you, Jerry? I know you're a video game nerd just like myself. You had to have played. I played uh, one, two, three, and Code Veronica. And then after that. Well, you played Code Veronica. Yeah, I had Dreamcast. Like, under underrated, underrated, dude. I bought dude, Dreamcast. I, I had I a Dreamcast, Dreamcast just for Resident Evil Zero, which is the remake. Yeah, uh, that would be a Sonic. GameCube, Cole, or GameCube. Yes, I'm. I'm sorry, I bought a GameCube just for Resident Evil Zero. Fun fact: uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica was originally being made as Resident Evil Three for the Dreamcast, and Resident Evil Three on the PlayStation was actually going to be the side story. Mm -hmm. But Capcom had made a deal with uh, Sony to put the main entry on the franchise on the PlayStation. The PlayStation, yeah. Um, so they just ended up switching the titles. Yeah, yeah. I, lo so I love that. I love that bit of lore about, especially when it comes to the video games, because this is a video game franchise, and I love that kind of shit. I I, I first found out about like the deep lore from Resident Evil. I say deep. I know it goes way deeper with other fucking reviewers, but uh, shout out to Angry Video Game Nerd when he talked about the Resident Evil video games. Um, learned a lot. Comedically, learned a lot. Yeah. No, I, I love the scene too because watching the movie, I, I remember, I don't know about you, Jerry, um, but watching the movie for the first time when I was there in 2007, 
when I first watched this franchise, my biggest thing at first was this has nothing to do with the games. There's a couple tertiary characters. We all know there's no such thing as Alice in any of the characters. But watching this film here, and then you find out that Jorah Mormont turns into Tyrant, which essentially is the main dude from the first game. I was like, okay, I, that's what I wanted to know. I didn't know that. No, yes. Tyrant's uh, Resident Evil 2. Or Resident, yeah, sorry, Resident Evil 2. He's he's the main, yeah, guy, yeah, because he chases you. He's the guy that hunts you around and you got to deal the, with him the all the time. Station. Yes, yep. I knew yeah. Nemesis from pop culture, but I was wondering while watching this, because again, like we were saying, well, y'all were saying earlier, Rick and, and, and you, Tuna, the practical effects on the main baddie, Tyrant, I didn't yeah. know his name until now, but that was my question. But I want to I want to echo y'all when I was watching. Yes, you could tell the the sort of CGI parts, but when you look close at the fucking what's on camera, the, there's the practical. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, and and I was wondering. Yeah, he who, himself looked dope. It's just his little tentacle, tentacle powers yeah. that were kind of goofy. But I was wondering who he was from the game franchise because I knew Nemesis yeah. was someone, and I was like. This looks like it would be somebody, like, and, and that's that's his main attack too in the games. As he, well, like, that's what I always say. Gross yeah, he does like the Spider Man. Yeah, so I mean, props to them for for being as practical as they could get. But realistically, you're not going to be able to recreate what he did in the games without. They should have just did some stop motion, bro. Oh yeah, claymation. Yeah, claymation. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Some fucking. I'm down uh, with that. Some so. fucking basket case shit. I'm down with that. <laughs> um, so at this point, they realize they need to break into the the helicopter. So he flies away in the Hold helicopter up. and Time they're out. like, okay. We are up? not skipping the action scene without a little bit of Jerry Hates action. Oh, I let's see. All right. right. <sighs> Here we go. I'm looped let's up, ready it. to go. Cheek spread. For people that are so prepared for doing this for five years. Uh, they sure waste a lot of bullets shooting zombies in the body. Mm-hmm. No yeah. one is actually trying to do headshots. Fuck, even Alice is slitting throats. When is slitting throats ever killed a fucking zombie? I could understand. You get if you deep enough the in the spinal column. You, you, you need to go through the back <laughs> of the spinal column for that to even fucking work. And she's not doing that. You see her slit throats. The heads do not move. It's not like they dangle backwards or something. Jerry Jerry is not wrong. Like, dude, I was watching this. No, he's right. He's right. I was watching this and I was wondering the same thing. Like, and I'm I'm sorry, Jerry. I'm not trying to do that. But you're right, dude. Like, she was slitting throats and I'm like. Like, dude's getting eaten on the ground and the chick walks up with her rifle which she should not have fucking johnny cage up in the tower should have the fucking rifle instead of a fucking automatic you're supposed to be if you're up high you are sniping you are not doing automatic gunfire that is the stupidest fucking decision i've ever seen especially for people that are this fucking prepared Mm -hmm. like all of a sudden they're like action scene and this is why i fucking hate action movies they throw any logical fucking sense out the fucking window just because oh it'll look cool with all the bullets fucking flying everywhere they 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 put on full on fucking giallo <laughs> mode and go yeah. it's all about the spectacle fuck yeah. a lot better than the giallo though sits and what? so they've got 
people fucking walking up with a rifle, shooting them in their bodies, which honestly, uh, the headshots always look fucking cooler. You could have had her picking off them in the fucking head, especially from that close up. There was no reason she should have been aiming at a body. It's not like she was far enough away that the shots Dude, like have an issue about, hitting. You're talking about when homegirl was walking up and trying to save that, that young boy and she was yeah, wasting the, all the, and she yeah, has the fucking yeah. rifle. Yeah, it's, like, so, it's. I was mad at that scene. I was mad at that scene. Yeah, I, I'm mad at that. I'm mad at them having the dude in the tower, fucking Johnny Cage with the fucking uh, AR. Like, what the fuck are y'all you, doing? You're this right. Is you're some wasting of the a lot. Stupidest shit I've ever fucking seen, y'all. Like, and then Alice is, you know, she's doing her badass thing. And I'm still be honest, she does not look good doing uh, any of it. I'm, no, I don't know. I what disagree. It is. I disagree. 100%. I don't mean in it. I don't mean I, use your your big head, not your little head here. No, I'm not. She, she does not. She's, doing... I, she's not believable to me. The wire Dude, work fine. was that's fine. Not very good in this scene. That's well. No, I'm not going to disagree with how he's taking it. I'm just saying I take it a different way. If she's not believable for you, totally do. Like, I, I don't I, like I when I'm watching these movies and for the first time. And again, this is really for the first time for me. I'm just like absorbing everything all at once. So I don't have that critical eye necessarily. And that will go towards what I wanted to mention later about how I'm rating these films, because it bears mentioning, uh, especially for Joe Blow fans, because people who don't listen to the nightclub don't know how I'm rating these movies lately. Um, but if, if her action work is not working for you, I get it for me so far, considering what this franchise is. And I do find Mila Jovovich to be very sexy, um, <laughs> small chested and all. I don't give a fuck. I'm an ass man. So there you go. Does she even have an ass? Yes. Yes, sir. Does she? Very she got pretty legs. Wrap them around my face and find out, Mila. <laughs> there you All go. I'll say is everything Jerry Herring has said, I agree with. The yes, wire work. I do too. The wire work with this was poor, but this fucking scene was a tag. Yeah, but it made I me it made me smile scene. though. The, fuck yeah, <laughs> Rickles, Rickles, way in, Rickles. I know you love this shit. <laughs> The it, only it made thing... me smile. That's 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 all. I just I I liked it. <laughs> the only thing I liked about this scene was the anxiety when they're actually like having when dudes like having to crawl under the fucking uh trucks trying to get away. Yeah, that was like there's intense. anxiety in there, but there's no anxiety in other places. But I think it was Travis who said like, oh Travis or Cole, one of them said they're basically the same person, just one's a darker tint. Um. That whoa, uh, whoa. they, but the the Johnny Cage death is pretty <laughs> hardcore, and and that one you do kind of like feel like fuck. You're right. That one was, yeah, that was pretty rough. <laughs> but we I get the helicopter. That. The whole thing is we're like we need to track the helicopter. That's our way to Alaska. We're gonna go up there. We're gonna land on the Exxon Valdez. We're gonna have ourselves a time. But, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the last act of the movie here. We are in, we're wrapping it up right now. I love Carlos Oliveira. I wish we would have had, I, I mean, he, he he does have 
out of all the characters that died, he had a pretty epic comeuppance. It's, and that's not even the right term because he he has been a really good character. Oh, he and gets sent off the best, man. He's he he's does, smoking he weed. He's like yeah. doing yeah. the thing, bro. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's got a whole bag of dynamite. My my yeah. one thing, I was upset whenever he fucking. So let let's paint a picture. So we're getting to the climax. Um, Alice wants to break into the facility. Wait, 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 wait. Five seconds. Is everybody hard before we get in the climax? Oh, I'm hard as fuck okay. right now. Yeah, I'm ready to burst. I can already see Jerry's hard, so we're good. Yeah. Rickles, Rick, Rickles is Rick, always hard. Rickles is always hard, dude. I've well, learned, I never even I have learned this, to climax flaccid. It's really cool <laughs> that this movie... I am coming day and night. Coming. Day I'm and always night. Coming. I'm always coming. It's terrific. <laughs> I, I really realize how much this movie like predicts the future. Because it was really cool for Carlos to predict Paul Walker's death. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yep, yep. <laughs> you got I the joint in, brother. Got okay. him. So break to break into this fucking underground military base, headed up by Umbrella. Alice needs something to happen. Carlos has been bitten. He decides to sacrifice himself. How does he do it? I'm gonna drive a truck through the fucking gates, attract all the fucking T virus zombies. And I'm gonna fucking jackknife. I this is the part I hated. Why didn't you buckle up? What if you'd have fell through the fucking passenger side window and got scraped up along underneath right. the sliding ground? Forty fucking into times. I've never thought about that. That was never my first thought. That. Well, but dude, the whole movie I had to block off all these logical thoughts right. the whole time. Like I said, I only mentioned one at the beginning, or and then someone else mentioned another. I gave up after that because I know what I'm watching, dude. This is entertainment. It's not fucking logical. It's popcorn, Fuck that. Dude. It's just yeah. popcorn. You leave that at the door at this point. You know what you're getting into. So after that, rated on the merits. Um, this movie right here, I'm like, at this point, you'd have been fucking crushed. But no, he take he finds the fucking joint. He lights it. He fucking puffs it. The zombies are all crawling in. And yes, you get a terrible, a terrible slash amazing. Right? Yes. CGI explosion. Yeah. Both equally great. Both terrible and great. I just want to say it. Who can? They how did. genius the writing is with everything to tie it together because... Yes, Jerry. From the beginning. From the beginning. They've been listening. Let me explode some nipple while I explain this. Do it. Do it, bro. (laughs) Let me let me explain this. So it's such a great tie-in because when you meet the convoy, it's the whole cigarette scene. Because I maybe it's because I just got done uh reading uh one second after. Uh if you guys haven't heard of that book, check it out. It's a Story about a nuclear bomb and an EMP going off. Uh, what you reading scene. for? Anyway, yeah, you're a nerd. Excellent movie. Nerd. One whoa, second whoa, after. Whoa, whoa. Nerd. I read fucking constantly. I'll go get my Kindle right motherfucking now. We'll go. I'll nerd. give we'll you my Goodreads account you. right now. This like Jerry Herring get pooped on. Jerry Herring, have you ever heard of One Second After? I have. No, my brother in law read it. Um, I read mostly extreme <laughs> horror and splatterpunk. So. Th- Hell yeah. I'm just saying, I'm a horror guy. I would recommend read one second after. It's almost like a true story if a nuclear bomb went off in the United States. Anyways, it's my brother in law told me to read that a few years ago. 
Rickles, it's it's awesome. And it talks about how important stupid things are like cigarettes used as currency. So when I was watching the beginning of this movie and they were talking about, you got a cigarette? No, I, I smoked my last cigarette when we were in Utah, blah, blah, blah. That is just used as a catalyst to introduce you to the convoy and all the characters. An hour and 10 minutes of the movie goes by and then it brings it all back in just geniusly with this whole thing. He jackknifes the truck and he's sitting there and the (laughs) truck is sideways and he's looking up and there's a fucking joint hiding up there. And he's like, LJ, you motherfucker. Right. That joint. So the scene is just exponentially better because you don't just have the truck jackknifing and exploding. You get like another moment where you're like, I mean, it kind of pulls at the heartstrings a little bit because I loved it. I loved it. That boy hit a joint. (laughs) He hit a joint. He's sitting there and and it's like a callback to LJ, which is a fan favorite from the second film in, in carrying into this one, even though I think he's subdued. And then you get just, just like this real scene of Carlos. I I don't know. I, I thought it was, I thought it was as far as blowing up a truck to get into a secret facility. I thought that it couldn't have been any better, but anyways, I, I will say this. I, I don't know why watching that scene, my mind immediately went, damn, that dynamite blew up before he even could feel the weed. Let's hope Dude, whenever I was watching it, I was like, they're crawling in there. And I, I imagined if I was directing that movie, I'd have a four minute scene, four minutes of the zombies climbing in. And it's still, you hear the whole time you cut away to it, even burning towards the bag but the whole time he's like <laughs> and he's getting eaten and bitten and gore and blood and sinew <laughs> ripping viscera everything in the mouth the chunks and then it's like four four minutes four minutes straight of viscera and That'd blood and zombie gore yes Dope. and then Dope. then finally the dynamite explodes Dude, That's you know what I, that? I what about Roger? About what about Roger in Dawn of the Dead '78? I mean, you get that same kind of scene with the semis and you know getting bit and oh know. yeah, echoes, echoes. Like yeah. all the all these zombie movies are fucking echoing everything. Like, dude, this movie alone, like we we've already touched on all the fucking ones. <laughs> they did it, dude. But I mean, they're even echoing the birds, bro. Yeah, yeah. which is. Probably the coolest scene in the movie until Alice shows up. Are they echoing the birds? Or because this is a bad movie, it's echoing Bird Dimmick. Oh, I've seen that. Uh, (laughs) Check out Flu or The Flu. I think that's a pretty decent one. So, anyway, check out Bird Dimmick too. Bird Dimmick is an eleven out of ten, bro. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yep. So this opens up the access to the labs. And I do love, again, the shift you get because, as Tibu said earlier, you have a, basically, you have a horror movie that takes place in the daylight. Bright sun, shining in a desert. But you get into the lab, it's super dark, and it's fucking creepy. It is God someone knew how to fly a helicopter. (laughs) Right. You're right. You get the creepy scenes in the lab and she's sneaking around the corners. And I love it because it like this, if this movie doesn't date itself with the big old fucking mag lights and the, you know, four D cell batteries that are also in Jerry's vibrator and then his big <laughs> lights. 
Um, I, I, God I just damn. Yeah, coming at you, bro. Coming at <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, aren't though, I a little too old for you to come at me? He's trying. He's trying, bro. He's trying. <laughs> I got to redeem. I love you, boss. Soon, I love you, but you he's, trying. He's just swinging back, bro. He's just he's swinging, swinging back. <laughs> but it's a really creepy imagery because, like, dude. All the fucking staff, all the scientists are skewered. They're literally like skewered, splayed open on these fucking like the lab equipment. I mean, yeah, it's really I, I thought that was creepy as fuck. <laughs> oh, oh, were, was I not supposed to be chubbed up for that? Yeah, part? I, I, I thought it was dope and yeah, fucking crazy. Like the fact that they bought they brought the blood back in this movie more so than in the fucking previous one to me. Story. The previous yeah. two, probably the previous two. I mean, this one was perhaps, yeah, perhaps. May I, lo- I love, I love how more the more I go through this franchise, the more I notice the Lovecraftian elements at play. Yeah, for sure. Like coming slowly but surely. I'm waiting for it more and more, but I think it's coming. Wait, wait, I'm waiting for super it. Nerdy. Um, actually, it can't be Lovecraftian because they explain everything. <laughs> well so that whoever might... was about to say that in the comments i've taken care of it for you you can shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> shut the fuck up because you're harry with the wind so mic drop rickles what'd you think about the uh climax of this movie it was fun it was fun uh i like the way she dealt with the tyrant um but the back and forth fight kind of bummed me out but it also made you know what? It also made me laugh. I don't know. There was just something underwhelming about it. Okay. Okay. What about you, Mr. Herring? I did not give a single shit. I was at this point, I was like, whatever. And then I was like trying to figure out what like the white queen was like, your blood is the the way we can cure all of this. And she's just like, yeah, fuck the world. I just want revenge, so I'm going to I Tokyo. agree, though. I agree with that, though. And fuck I'm just kind of like, real. so, like, you can, you, your blood is the cure for all of this. And you don't give half a shit. Now, no. I, I guess, yes, like, who are you going to trust to help you figure this out? Like, you obviously can't trust the Umbrella Corporation, and it's not like you have any scientist Dude, friends. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't feel like I owed the world anything. I, At this I point, think, is there enough of the world to even save? I don't think that's exactly. how. It even, I don't think that's how it even, even played out, though. Like honestly, what, what do you mean? The like, White Queen told her that you know her blood's the the way to cure all of this. Yeah, she said you're down here with the whole. Like, I'm actually just gonna get all these clones, and we're gonna fucking Star Wars two. Uh, I'm <laughs> but, episode but, two on us. Okay, so my bad. Like, and for real, like I only seen this once, so I don't know. But Me I didn't catch. I didn't catch. Oh well, that's. I don't know. But, so I'm but just asking. I was not high. Okay, cool. I, I I didn't understand where she decided to say fuck my blood. To me, she just found that out and then had to keep going with her experience. So. What she said was, "Your blood holds the cure." Yeah. So the the, the difference. Well, I'm, I'm and trying. Then, to, and then then the robot I'm, little girl. I'm trying to said, tread on this, this whole, because there's sequels we got to talk about later. Well, she said this whole facility holds everything you need to synthesize synthesize your blood. So 
I'm agreeing with 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 Jerry too, though. Like, why wasn't this touched on more so? Like this, like monumentous revelation that yeah, you have the ability to hack all these computers. You could probably figure out how to do this shit, especially if you have all these fucking clones. Like, but instead, she's just like, let me uh fucking project myself into the Tokyo meeting and be like, I'm coming for all you motherfuckers. I do okay. like that too, though. I like that too, though. I won't. It's a uh, boss move. Cool. That like, yeah. like that's her big clip moment. Yeah, sure. I like. I like. I like. I love. I love that moment. Actually, it got me John. <laughs> it, it made me have a John Wick in my pants. John Wick. Yeah, I had a John Wick in my John pants Wick. when I saw that movie. Bro was harder um, than fucking Mila's nipples. Okay, so Not the movie. The the movie ends with her fighting the tyrant. All right. So Nemesis for me was like underwhelming. And I, I felt I felt like um Alice was overpowered, OP. She beat his ass. I didn't find any she beat his ass. Fuck it. This movie, she did her little so at the end, my climax experience was she powered her psionics versus his psionics and hers were lesser than for sure so i felt like there were finally stakes at, at hand even though going in again that's why i was stressing it earlier i knew mila is going to be our girl for the whole franchise so i know she's not going to die so i'm like all right well let's see how this goes tyrant was so dope i thought he was from the games and y'all confirmed that for me tonight so Thank y'all for that. The ending was dope. Extinction. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So eleven out of ten. <laughs> we're 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 at the climax here. So before we get into final thoughts and ratings, Jerry, what did you think about the the the, the climax? I know you talked a little bit about it here, but I want to give you the floor in case you had anything else you wanted to add. Uh I I like the callback to the lasers. But, like, even that happening, it was kind of just, like, one of those, like, out of nowhere, like, bam, 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 done. Like, I don't know. I just felt like the whole ending was kind of non-climatic. Okay. It, it felt poorly written. It's, it's you want a blowjob, you get a hand job, and then her dad comes to the car so you don't get to climax. <sighs> okay. No, Damn, I fuck that dad. I get it. That dad sucks. That dad, <laughs> that dad better finish me off. Check yeah. <laughs> me off, Daddy. Daddy, Daddy Harry. Isolate that sound hands. clip. Isolate that sound clip. <laughs> I'll say it for free. <laughs> so I'll finish up here with final thoughts and ratings and with my final thoughts on I guess how that went down. So I I did like the tyrant battle and I did again call back to the first film with that iconic and epic laser scene. They brought it back and they actually made it work. It wasn't ham fisted, shove it down your fucking throat. Yeah, because I thought that was she was like, she was like, you're just another asshole, bud. Yeah, bud. Yeah, bud. <laughs> but I, I did, I did like that. During their battle, though, you get the you know that there's tons of Alice clones out there, and they bump into the one Alice clone, and you think that she's dead, but she just like woke up in this. I don't know how the fuck they're encompassing this water in this ball. But they bump this one Alice clone and she like falls out of this ball of fucking water 
thing, whatever the hell you want to call it. I got it. so sad when I thought she died. I got so sad, dude. Like, for real sad. I was yeah. like, God damn. She woke up, she did, <gasps> and then she died. And I'm like, Fuck. You thought she died, but... So Alice is in this whole battle. Like Tibu said, she's getting her ass kicked the whole fucking time. And they're in the fucking laser room. And then all of a sudden the lasers activate and then they chop up and dice a tyrant. And then you find out it's a clone. I thought that was really clever. And I thought that was pretty well done. I love how they ended the movie with all the other clones. And she's like, we're coming for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was super well done. One thing I'll say though with everything is the, the the first film it it shows you kind of the start of everything. The second film tonally is completely different because it was a different director, it was a different I guess idea and direction. One of the things too, I've been watching the commentaries after all these films and the one thing that Mila says and it's funny watching these two because you, you find out how close they are later on because they get married and shit. But she's like, Paul W.S. Anderson wrote it and he wanted to be on set to give his, you know, ideas on everything. But he just couldn't because he had other projects going on. But this is the first film that shows you the scope of the virus. I mean, it's it's carrying on from the first film to the second film to the third film and is building this story as it portrays and it's just showing you how helpless everybody is and basically the end of the world the first two films felt small compared to this one because this is the one where it's like we're not taking place in a laboratory or in a city the whole fucking world is done and toast yeah it's it's a breath of fresh air too because the second film like i said i'm not going to say it's a bad film but it's my least favorite in the series and it's because it was just I joke around and say Resident Evil Apocalypse is what Uwe Boll would have done to that fucking movie. It's Hey, just, bro, don't talk shit about Uwe yeah, Boll, Yeah, don't man. fucking talk don't shit about Uwe ass, Boll. Dude. Yeah, fuck you, it's man. It's exponentially better in both writing and acting and everything. There was memorable characters that you grew to kind of like and cheer for, so I was really appreciative of that. The score was awesome. It, 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 it drew back to the first film. The first film had a excellent score and excellent jerry herring i know we're in the same kind of music you would appreciate that fucking score it was legit i loved it it got closer to the film but it also just showcases the grandeur of just the whole apocalypse thing so all in all i thought this was a 180 degree difference from the second film i loved it we're really getting into why i love this series as a whole and I'm not going to get too much into that because we're going to talk about this later with the next films coming up. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is back to a nine out of 10 yeah. resident evil extension carries on the, the, the story. It's just world building. It puts your brain in a pretzel thinking about everything. And again, I will say that I am, I'm cheating. I'm 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 rating this on the merits of nostalgia and entertainment and how it makes you but... feel. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, dude. I, I I love this. I love that's it. how it's... you that to me. That's how a person rates movies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how do how does it make you feel? How do you love it, dude? Because I I, I this is exactly what I wanted to see coming out of what I call the lull of the series. So. 
We're going to next go to our special guests, Mr. Rickles. Just keep going, buddy. I want to know what you thought about this movie. Man, it's fun. It's got a lot of cool daylight action and horror. Um, it's dumb as fuck, <laughs> but in a fun way. Mm-hmm. Um, I like looking at Mila. Um, yeah, boy. Omar Epps is cool. Carlos, uh, and I can't remember the actor's name, but he's a stud. What he's always there? dope. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jorah's dope. The effects on the Tyrant are dope. I like birds, you know, like <laughs> this this is a fun movie. Um, I don't good. I don't love it. I don't love it because if I did, I'd watch it more often. Um but uh I'm I'm feeling a strong to light six out of ten. Okay, very nice. Jerry Herring, give uh, me all of your glory in and around my mouth. Uh this is uh uh, this is not a movie for me. There's uh, too much bad writing in it for, for me to excuse. Um, and I know this is a turn your movie off, watch the popcorn kind of thing. But uh, I, 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 I can't do that sometimes. And uh, for a movie that uses a lot of suedo science... Um, I can excuse a lot of it, but for them to just like do a bunch of shit and not explain it to have characters who are this prep worthy to do just the dumbest shit, um, it, 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 bad acting on a lot of people. Uh, I just really did not like it. Um, I wouldn't say it's not entertaining. Uh, which to me is the greatest sin of all time for a movie is to not be sure. entertaining. I agree. Yep. I, I agree yep. with that yep. too. Yep. Yep. Me um, too. But f- for me, I would go, I-, I would say this is a four out of 10. Okay. Okay. Kibu. I had you come um, boost for a reason. Bring us home, buddy. Uh, going into this franchise. So like I'll, throughout most of my movie watching life i've been very critical of films um i know how to rate films i know what makes a film good um objectively quote unquote same and i left all that shit i leave that shit at the door now because i feel like it doesn't matter i <laughs> echo you i echo you rickles that's what I i'm feel saying like that right shit now doesn't matter bro <laughs> it don't matter sometimes when you watch a movie you have to know what you're doing you have to know what you're getting into you don't have to, but it, it, you know, it helps if you know that you're not going into this certain kind of movie, you're going to have this experience right now. Right. And, and so going into this franchise review, the way I'm rating these films, I know that boss tuna loves these movies, right? So I've never seen anyone besides part one and I'm watching them one by one. So I'm watching them episodically. So this will tie into how I'm rating this franchise and why I like binge watching things like shows, franchises, whatever. When it came to the Phantasm franchise, Ricky was on my ass, like watch Phantasm. So I finally did. And I did the whole franchise in one go. And wow, I did the same thing for Scream. 
with the shuttles. And wow, it worked. I think Child's Play works the same way, episodic, and Friday the 13th. When you can watch these movies back to back, it creates a whole other level of appreciation. And for me, that's also where I'm coming from, like a whole other level of appreciation. We have this story that's going on and on, expanding lore, the zombies decaying in front of our eyes, like that that clues us in. And the way the story plays out, like I'm wondering what happens next with all these clones of Alice. I'm like, what the fuck am I about to get into? I have no idea, man. And I'm excited because this movie held up strong. All right. I'm giving this movie a nine out of 10, like the first movie. I enjoyed this movie a lot, a lot, a lot. And it built on what I'm already participating in. And so that's why it just, it just flows, man. It's flowing. I'm flowing with this franchise. I'm enjoying it story by story, beat by beat character like i'm binge watching this show this resident evil show that came out years ago in theaters but for me it's a whole different watch experience right so it's a whole different thing i think that's part of the conversation to me it is it is yeah, sure. that, that's i'm cheating because i'm 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 also reviewing this as a as a as a complete story and franchise but anyways we we talked enough about that but mr rickles with the nightclub anything um you want to leave our listeners with as far as as anything you got going on or do you want to pimp any ideas or or whatnot you guys have coming up on the nightclub everybody knows tibu is um you know he knows he's a nightclub but i want to give you a spot here far as that goes anything you want to preview for our listeners no i'm gonna let tibu handle that if he wants <laughs> all right i was all hoping right, you would because you got coming up on the do. nightclub tibu uh we're gonna talk to fucking filmmaker seth that's all he goes by but we'll have his instagram shit and everything else in our show notes if you choose to listen to the nightclub uh besides that our 100th episode is coming up and Boss Tuna, I think you're going to be on there. I will We're be. going to talk about one of the greatest films ever made. Mystics in Bali. Yep. Yes. 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 <laughs> Nothing like yes. Indonesian trash. You guys know that. Oh, we are going to get into it so fucking hard and deep and have a grand old time. Grand old time. Mm-hmm. All right. Stay mm-hmm. tuned for the nightclub's 100th episode. Mr. Jerry Herring, our listeners should know him as the man behind Kill the Cast. So they are back. They've released some episodes. One of the newest ones, I might, it might be the newest episode, is a roundtable discussion of zombies, which everybody knows the number one zombie fan on the planet is Boss Tuna. And <laughs> I listened to this episode and I fucking loved it. You have Jerry Herring, you have Mr. Venom, and then is it, uh, was it Jay that was on with you? It was, yeah, Jay from was, Kill the Cast. It was Jay from Kill the Cast as well. And then uh, David Parker. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Mr. David Parker. Yes. So Mr. Parker was on as well. They talked about their top five favorite zombie films. Make sure you check it out. But 
Mr. Herring, what else do you have going on? Pimp your wares as, or I, let me get my, um, pimp your wares. That's, that's my, but, but also, funky. but also until they're on here, are they really anywhere? <laughs> that's right. We got to get goddamn right on here, but yeah, pimp your wares, Mr. Uh, Mr. Jerry Herring, where, where can we find you? Talk about some up, upcoming shows and ideas you have. Uh, so you can find Kill the Cast pretty much anywhere. Just Google Kill the Cast and it shows up. You will see my podcast, plus you will see the Friday Nightmares podcast with uh, Heather and Scott. Um, we just did the roundtable of zombies. I want to do another roundtable of the dead. I've just got to pick a topic and then set up guests, which Cole's already volunteered. So he'll probably be on there. And um, I am working on trying to get an interview with splatterpunk and extreme horror author Judith Sonnet, who um, has mm. gone viral a few times on Book Talk because of her book, No One Rides for Free, which um, is uh, sounds like a good time. Extremely brutal. Uh, if you have trigger warnings, do not read that book. So I what if trigger uh, warnings turn you on? Uh, yeah, like halfway through the book there's like this this like the book stops and it just goes to a trigger warning page where it's just like <laughs> it's about to get really really fucked up so just oh. it does the like last house on the left thing where it's like just tell yourself it's only a book it's only a book it's only a book oh that's dope and that's then great, that's there, dope. advertising that is, there is. Dope. it gets Hell yeah. so fucking depraved and yeah. just horrible. I'm into it. I gotta read it now. Uh, it's oh my god, it's so fucking good. So I, I want to get her on there and uh, interview her about a lot of the stuff she writes because I, I read a, a lot of the shit she writes and it's very fucked up stuff, um, to say the least. So nice. those are the two next things we've got coming out. We actually do have to do our hundredth episode soon. I think I've got two episodes till it. So nice. I think, I don't know. I'd look into it, but yeah, kill the cast is back. We're trying to get back on track. Um, Kenneth had some health issues. So until he gets back on track, I'll be doing a uh, round table of the dead. So come join us and listen to me. Be correct about everything. It also oh, sounds yeah. like according to Mr. Venom that you guys may be doing some, Oh, underwater kaiju from outer space. Yes. Yes. yes I need to. That... I, I, I got to get with them and, and play. Okay. You know, here's the problem. I started playing Diablo 4. And once I started playing Diablo 4, <laughs> I just stopped doing anything. I have not watched a fucking movie um, since Diablo 4 came out. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm putting you on the spot. So uh, everybody that's a fan of Jerry Herring's show, you can, you can say thank you, Mr. Boss Tuna, because I am... Lighting that fire under his ass to get you some underwater kaiju from outer space going. Yeah. So, yes. But make sure you guys check out the nightclub. Make sure you check out underwater kaiju from outer space and fill the cast. But stay tuned because we're going to be coming at you with the next installment of the Resident Evil series in our summer under the umbrella. Ladies and gentlemen. Ella. Mr. Herring. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Mr. Has anyone Herring, done that joke Mr. yet? Kibu, Mr. Rickles, do you have anything to leave our fans with before we sign off? Yeah, uh, if you're going to get cloned, at least make sure you can go to college for free. Prepare to be summary liquidated or whatever the fuck that guy said. 
or just die. Clones, if you're gonna get cloned, start an Only's fans. Like, do you know <laughs> how much fucking like money you can, you can claim your twins, and it doesn't matter. Do a little makeup, claim your mother. You could do twenty four hour Only fans daughter. You can do gangbangs. Like, if you're gonna get cloned, that's really the way to go. Just make money off of it. Make yeah, money. Sure. Make money, dude. I would just make my clone go to work for me. <laughs> Yeah, and I'd probably just play Diablo Four. Make that bread. Yeah. Make me some Diablo. All right, folks. I hope it was as good for you as it was for us. Boom. Oh, that was incredible. Is it good for you? <laughs> I've had better. <laughs> Forgive myself